We are here and we are ready to talk sports gambling. NCAA basketball. Murray, I can't wait to talk about it. No, I am we're, on not, we're not. We're not talking about that. That's no, that's what we're here to talk no, about. We're not talking about gambling. This is basketball. This is a game. very important episode of Golden Globe City. We're doing a service to the world. I I just want to get out of the We know why half of you are even listening. It's for our guests. Get out of the way. Jack Baudelaire's back with us. Jack, how you doing? Doing well. Got a drink in hand. Ready to talk World War III with you guys. Before we get to that, though, we have something even more infuriating to me. Did you hear about this? It's Griff. Amazon.com bought MGM. Mm-hmm. MGM owns the Canon catalog. Oh, we no. are the podcast of Canon. Do we want Jeff Bezos having Canon films uh no no catalog should belong to one group this is should this should be like public domain at this point because these are the most important movies to american culture we've never been more important because now people are going to come to us more networks they don't have to pay to watch these movies we know they're going to scrub all these movies they did they already took them all off tubi yeah oh they already took them off tubi yeah i can't wait to see who they're going to replace steve james with like because they're gonna be like they did him wrong i mean they did do him wrong if they could swap Steve James with Duty, I would call. I would be like Bezos is pretty cool. What's your opinion on it, Jack? How do you feel? There is no ethical consumption under capitalism, so I, <laughs> I, I I do find it ridiculous that these mega corporations are just buying up the media catalogs and and to be fair, you know, I'm a 21st century guy. You know, I'm on a computer all the time i watch movies via streaming all the time but you know more and more i think that what i really need to do is go back through my collection of physical media and start plugging in the holes of uh, films that i've never you know bothered to get a dvd or blu-ray because there's gonna come a time where this stuff is just you know certain films are just going to be taken off of all the platforms or, you know, the platforms are going to get tiered. So there will be certain movies will cost more. You'll have to up your membership or, you know, it, yeah, it's the cost of digitalization, but same time, you know, what it means is one day you can watch a movie. The next day you can't. 
It's, I mean, the and billionaires buying everything up. They're pushing us to the proverbial mountains. We're going to we're gonna have to fight for our lives pretty and soon. And all it takes is one person to be upset by something that occurred in a movie, and that movie just disappears. She's we never to see it be seen again. Yeah. So, we, I guess we've never been more important than ever, Griff. Keeping these <laughs> you guys movies. are like a beacon of freedom out there in the podcast world. <laughs> right. We're the movie archive. Glad you said that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, we've already claimed it. I mean, we've got the plastic. I mean, Jeff Bezos did offer us a ride in his spaceship, and we turned him down. We, well, said, yeah. we said, go go to Pete Davison for that shit. <laughs> we're, we're, we're of the people. I would like, I like this idea. We put Pete and Kanye in the same space shuttle. Let's let and them see what out. two men enter, one man leaves. I think that experience <laughs> would finally bring them together. And maybe, you know, we could finally have happiness in this world. I something. just want, I'm getting sick and tired of, uh, like, it's not enough that, Bezos, Elon Musk, and Richard Branson own the the planet. Okay. Now we got to like them. Now, now we got to like be fans of them. Now they're on Saturday Night Live. They're they're like they're on TV all the time. It's like yeah. you know the old days, the Robert Barron days with Carnegie and fucking J.P. Morgan. They they were just fine, just having all the money and just living in their palatial estates, and we never had to see them. Look, and now it's like no, not only am I going to own everything, you have to love me too. Fuck you, you billionaires. I will always hate billionaires. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I get I, my buddy yells at me every time we watch a football game because now it's a thing in football games where you have to show the owner of the team. Even the owners, even that guy who owns the Raiders, Mark Davis or something, yeah. with his weird little haircut <laughs> and like his sad looking face. Why are why, it's not enough that they have everything, they have to be loved too. They have to be seen on TV, they have to be appreciated for the fine things that they have. And it's just like, fuck you, so sick of it. Yeah, so we sorry, I had to, I had to get that. that yeah, we had to get, my, we got to get off the system. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, don't worry, people. We'll, well, if they, they get rid of all of the canon movies, we'll find them, we'll send them to you. You're still allowed to listen if you think Elon Musk is kind of funny on Twitter. No, you're not. Did you see him on uh, Trent Live? No. Okay, he's on the spectrum. He's totally. Well, no, of course he is. He's the worst. Yeah. Stating Grimes. Oh, wait. No, they no, they're up. done. Yeah. He had two kids with him. Named yeah. him, what, 12XAY. Yeah. And then another weird kid. And Yeah, I think. Did you I hear think she, wanted, second... she wanted to uh, direct Dune. Of course she did. And she said it, w- it wasn't woke enough. She's like, they, they kicked me off because she was going to be the, Im- the main influencer for the Dune movie. Apparently, that's a thing. They hire influencers. And they got rid of her, and she said some kind of conspiracy. Wait, is this a thing? I don't even know who this woman is. I just know she has a kid with Elon Musk. Is she a musician? What is yeah. she? Yeah. Okay. She does like electric pop, I think. Oh, right up my alley. It's it's right up your alley. You're really into that. No, it's up my alley. Killing communists. And that's why we brought <laughs> our... It's weird. Wait, I just shit on capitalism. Now I'm like, kill communists. Before, I, where do I stand? Before we go that far, I needed to ask Jack. You brought up a question. You're like, I wish Jack were here. And then I kept confusing <laughs> Jack's. Um, so you brought up Serpico or something or no, S- Serpentico or some kind of movie with Benicio Del Toro. And he was Oh, shooting... yeah. Sicario. Sicario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About how we were shooting. Oh yeah, I, I, you see, you saw the second Sicario, right? Yes. Yeah. It's now, been a few years. 
Yeah, but you you got to remember the scene because we were always talking like everyone's trying to come up with a new way to look badass. Of course, there was the John Woo sideways gunshot. Now, do you remember where he's holding the gun? So he's holding a handgun in his right hand and he's pulling the trigger with his left <laughs> index finger. Oh, the scene where he kills the guy in the street and he goes, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, it's idiotic. I don't. <laughs> okay, I good. Don't understand it. I mean, I give it. He, he was trying something new. I give. Oh, that's fine. But it, yeah, it looks stupid as all hell. Okay, it I'm was, glad I'm not. It was ridiculous, crazy. mostly because the the gun work in those two movies it actually looks pretty good. Like they they seem to move well. They shoot well. They're using their sights. They're keeping their elbows in. No chicken wings. Oh. Oh. Which is when you're holding the gun and your elbows are sticking like straight out from your body, which is oh, terrible. Yeah. You paint a picture. Tech. You got it. You got the talent for podcasting. Um, you know, and then, yeah, he pulls that. And I have no idea what that is supposed to be. Just like, just shoot him twice and you're done, dude. Like, you don't need to empty your magazine into this guy. And you certainly don't need to do it with that weird finger waggle trigger technique. You know, <laughs> right now, a bunch of cops are disagreeing with you. They're like, you don't I, empty your magazine yeah. into people? A bunch of people wearing We the People shirts right now are very frustrated. <laughs> um. I got to say, like, you you brought up magazines. The first time I saw, like, a cop came to school for the D.A.R.E. program or something, the cop was like, mm-hmm. do you kids want to ask us questions? And we are like, you know, like, somebody was like, how many bullets are in that clip? Oh, and he God. slapped his hands on the table. It's called a magazine. We were eight. <laughs> Little Griff sitting here with his hoop earring dangling it in this cop's ear. Like, are you really going to talk to me this way? You know, like, that guy is on some Facebook gun group, and that's all oh. he does is goes in there to this day and types all caps rants about how uh, <laughs> leftist gun critics can't talk about gun control if they don't know the difference between a clip and a magazine. Yeah, you know, that's happening right now. Oh, that guy's out there time. doing this today. I remember. I didn't know the clip was offensive. Is that an offensive term? For I remember me? just a few years ago when Obama took all the guns away, and then yeah. Trump came around and gone. gave all the guns back out, and then yeah. Biden's back, and now no one has guns again. Yeah. That's why Russians gonna evade us. Are we ready to talk Russia? <laughs> yes, we are. Wait, By are the- we talking clip versus magazine first? I don't know <laughs> what's happening here. No, I think we're talking drones versus pitchforks. By the way, know. I just want to tell everyone yeah. listening. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. But you're going enjo- to enjoy it. Buckle up. Cath, yeah. cath up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Crack I got open a six-pack of American-brewed beer. None of that right. foreign stuff. Yeah. Okay? Right. Keep your Tommy brews uh, out of your hot little hands. Mm-hmm. There should be nothing but American-made swill. I poured all my vodka. You got to be drinking drink. Coors. This is a place in Colorado, so we're drinking oh. Coors. I am cool. drinking Coors. rye whiskey right now, uh, mm. just to celebrate the Americanness of this cinema. Uh, is it is it Templeton? Because that's what I have behind me. Uh, I've got Bullet actually. Mm. Drinking a Bullet. <laughs> yeah. That's a get even I, reference right there. I oh shit! Did you actually yeah. get? The, did you get a chance to watch that, Jack? <laughs> I have not. not. Okay, okay, okay. You'll get you'll get why I said that in in, uh whenever you get around to it. The reason Jack, (laughs) besides the fact that we love him, he's a great guest. The reason Jack is on here is because when he came on, when we have our guests on, we we like we get to ask him what are some movies that you know really resonate with you that you really would like to talk about. Because obviously, you want guests to be excited about you know coming on. The whole point of the show is get excited about talking about dumb movies. And one of the movies he brought up was Red Dawn. 
and we we and then I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but the Ukraine apparently has been invaded by the Russia, <laughs> and it's really going apparently. bad. Apparently, and uh, this it's very there's a lot of similarities to Red Dawn mm-hmm. and to what's going on right now. And, and in fact, it's kind of funny that we kind of laugh. We're like, well, how is like eight kids going to stop the Russian army? And then it sounds like it doesn't seem that out of the like, that crazy. It sounds like Ukraine is having no problem with Russia right now. You got guys out there with farm tractors dragging T-80 main battle tanks back to their barns. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, been- it's, it's I, I just want to say that, like, we're going to laugh a lot today. But like, you know, we're we're, we're laughing at a movie, not not at you know, the, the world situation today. Cause it oh, of is course. depressing. Yeah. Yes, I, I feel like Ukraine, unless something changes, you know, they're winning every little battle it feels like, but you know, they may not win the war. I mean, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? It, it's a horrible thing to watch. And, you know, it, it really is kind of a shock to people, younger people, I think, especially, I mean, segueing back to this movie, that you know, those of us forty plus, let's say, um, growing up in like the seventies and eighties, where uh, you know we're 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 too young for the whole Cuban Missile Crisis thing, uh, so we all kind of felt that like it was going to be conventional war before nuclear war. Or maybe there wouldn't be full blown global thermonuclear war, but like. We all thought about it. I grew up in Alaska in the late seventies and early eighties, and right next there were Russia. You're too close. Strategic military assets all through the states, and if there ever was a World War Three uh, between the U.S. and Russia, you know, there would have been, you know, B fifty two bombers and F fifteen fighter groups flying out of Elmendorf, and you know, we would have been sitting there on the mountaintops with binoculars watching <laughs> the mushroom clouds, you know? So all the people I knew, everyone was a survivalist or a hunter-gatherer wacko type. I mean, Alaska in the 70s is where all the weirdos went to when they wanted to escape civilization yeah. to the last bastion of sort of American frontierness you know the the american midwest was all populated and was all football games and cornfields and pickup trucks it's like you went to alaska if you wanted to get away from people and you wanted to build a cabin out in the middle of nowhere which is exactly what my dad did (laughs) so you know this sort of living off the land fighting the commies kind of wet dream american fantasy this is this is what I grew up with. Uh, I remember the first time I watched Red Dawn. Uh, I'm sure it was, who knows, nine months to a year after the movie came out. Um, but we went over to a friend's house. At the time, my family didn't have a VHS player. Um, but we had friends who did, and they rented the movie. And it was all, you know, several families got together, you know, popcorn movie night style and watched Red Dawn in someone's living room. And I was a little kid. I was probably eight years old at the time when we were watching this. And I was like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) This is how it's going to go down. You know? And then for years, it was like, 
burned into my mind. It's like, yes, you get the hunting rifle and then you get the backpack and you go up into the wilderness and you wait to snipe commies as they, they drive their armored columns through town. And then, you know, you disappear and live off the land. And Oh my God. Yeah. So these kids in this movie that we're about to discuss, like these are the, the kids that I was growing up as an even younger kid to prepare myself to become one day. Yeah. So yeah, this movie is very formative in the, the psyche of, of one Jack Battleair. Uh, I, I love it. Like that perfect, that golden age of when it hits you and it's just really has an impact. Cause like home alone did that to me. I thought burglars <laughs> were going to break into my house. So I would make traps and everything. It's a good comparison. <laughs> and the other one yeah. was, I, I never got it. It wasn't until years later I understood what the scene was supposed to be. But in Ace Ventura, after he helps out the one lady, he grabs like the rafters and then the camera like just shows his face. He was getting a blowjob. <laughs> and I never got that because I was young and innocent. But that <sighs> scene stuck with me because I was like, what is happening? Uh, that's that's quite the scene to stick with a young mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He got stuck right up in there. So, yeah. Burglars and what the fuck was Jim Carrey doing in that scene? That's stuck in my mind. Yeah, well, the 80s, yeah, this was basically, we just lived under the threat of we're going to die. In nuclear. I mean, shit, like, we live outside of Detroit. We're going to get bombed because Detroit has all the factories. We got a lot so of factories. I, live literally, I grew up literally two blocks away from a General Motors factory. So, yeah, I would have yeah. been incinerated. Oh, yeah. You know? And you got Fermi. We got Fermi in Michigan, too. So, yeah, so it was like, and then you had, like, that was the, the heyday of the post-apocalyptic movies and shit, and you're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna fucking die, nuclear bomb. You had The Day After. Did you, ever, did you watch The Day After, Jack? It must have been ages and ages ago, but yeah. Yeah. And actually, if you think about the other sort of war cautionary tale cinema of the time, Red Dawn actually paints a pretty picture you know it's yeah we exchanged a few nukes but then everyone realized that wasn't a good idea so we stopped doing that and just went back to conventional warfare as opposed to you know mad max style annihilation or something even worse so yeah i mean this movie is kind of a rosier picture of all that but don't you think that so weird like it's it's grim and it's relentless and it's violent and you know and it's traumatizing but then you say to yourself yeah but we win at the end well because we always win we're america come on we always win and of course they got their plaque and unlike last week with rambo i'm they got a parade everyone saluted them oh so it all worked out that's all that's all you need to do oh and put we support the troops on the back of your truck nuts on your truck nuts on your truck nuts that's the most uh patriotic way to display your uh, support of the troops because it's like testicles are troops themselves so that's like doubling down so paint the 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 truck nuts like red white and blue of course well yeah red white and blue because these colors don't red white and blue balls we all know about that so rambo's got his red white and blue (laughs) i like that i don't know why It it works Rainbow did fine, but he was he was over in Vietnam. He couldn't help out these poor kids. 
He would have dropped down in the middle. He would have been that. Powers Booth's character. He would have told him how to kill Russians with bow and arrows. And yeah, I was wondering. I was like, I recognize this motherfucker because that's Coach, right? No, it's not Coach. We've done this before. I never recognized Powers Booth. I always confuse him for Coach. <laughs> you think you think you're, you think he's Craig T. Nelson? Craig T. Nelson. No, it's that's not. I keep no, confusing. Powers Booth a little cooler than Craig T. Nelson. Actual Absolutely. name? Did he change it for acting? What did he change his name for acting? It had, I don't know. I think so. Do you think Powers Booth was his real name? That's the silence means yes. That's <laughs> Wait, are you means. asking me if I think Powers Booth is his real name? <laughs> yes. There's no. I, I, okay. I, I'm just going to IMDb right now to find out. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. You need it's a great name, by the way. We're gonna send you one of the loudest mechanical keyboards next time. So when when and after that, to... check Rip Torn is his real name. Yeah, oh, that's, his that's birth name <laughs> is Powers Allen Booth. Oh wow! He was, yeah. he, you're like you're born to be a badass with that name. There you go. Snyder, Texas, USA, June first, nineteen forty eight. So yeah. So now this movie was directed by John Milius, the 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 master of war porn. War oh yeah. Oh, oh God. you want to you want to explain what's another war porn genre or title? What? What's another war porn title? So we can anything that gets your dick hard for war. Rambo, we just did. Okay, Rambo is a war Rambo's porn. A yeah. War porn. Okay. Yeah. I. You want to explain John Milius to our listeners, uh, uh, Jack? It's really hard to explain John Milius because the thing is, uh, he's a diehard right-wing conservative warmongery action aficionado type guy who was personally devastated that he could not become a marine because he wanted to go to vietnam with like every fiber of his being (laughs) and yet at the same time like he understands in some way that like war is awful. Like it's a terrible thing. I mean, it's that classic, I guess you'd say like mid 20th century kind of American view that like war is bad. You, it's a horrible thing. People die. People are maimed. People are ruined forever. It destroys societies. And yet, as he he's often quoted kind of as saying that like every young man like secretly wants to go prove himself in war you know no matter whether he's willing to admit it or not like that's one of the the john milius quotables out there yeah grandpa simpson had that line of thinking too yeah this is a his perfect movie to kind of demonstrate that that like war is awful these kids, some of them die in just like the most ignominious ways, but at the same time, like their deaths have meaning and, you know, it's, and then he kind of complained that, you know, Hollywood blacklisted him because it's filled with liberals and all this sort of stuff. But it's like, Milius was also like a very highly regarded, you know, screenplay doctor. He wrote a lot of, you know, screenplays. He directed some really good movies, I mean, not masterpiece movies, but like I love The Wind and the Lion. I love Conan the Barbarian. Oh yeah, uh, you know it. He's it, he's a weird, conflicting kind of guy, 
that you you kind of like because he is so weird and so earnest in the way he believes his stuff and i i have no idea what his sort of political compass is pointing you know today i can i can only hope that despite his right-wing sensibilities that he wouldn't be a full-blown QAnon trumper kind of guy but you just never know like some people out there that you thought would be pretty normal have gone completely around the bend so fuck the guy i don't I don't want to pull back that curtain and find out. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to stay very far away from those questions because, like, the guy who did that game, Earthworm Jim, that guy's insane. Like, I've heard, I've heard him like do conversations with leftist people. He is fucking way out there, and not just like a huge Trumper guy. He's into the whole Q level of like, like the weird Christianity part of it too. So he's. All over Not the place. Not the guy who did Earth from Jim. I we know. lost him. <laughs> That's a reference for our demo audience that is not usually my age. No, but the thing about Milius is he has this knack for tapping into that reptilian caveman part of your mm-hmm. brain that you do you get pumped for his shit i fucking love we conan need, the barbarian we need yep. that in more action movies today we don't get enough of you know that. and he fucking wrote screenplay that did he wrote screenplay for apocalypse now right or he just yeah did, yeah or, i for a lot of this stuff where he gets credit as the writer he's not oftentimes he got brought in to rewrite or write sections oh. of things or or just do some script cleanup. So for a lot of his writing credits, what he wrote and what he didn't write is a little contentious. Uh, like uh, apparently he wrote the Indianapolis scene and Jaws, you know, oh. where they're talking about the sinking of the ship and the oh. shark. Yeah, right. You know, stuff like that. And and you know, he, he there's other, you know, parts of scripts that he supposedly tinkered with here and there. But no, Tim's right. Like he very much taps into that, the, 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 you know, the Robert E. Howard, the Conan, the barbarian lizard brain kind of where you just, what, what's the, the quote, you know, you want to spit on your hands and, and hoist the pirate flag and start slitting throats kind of, you know, I didn't, I don't know if that's the thing, but I like it. And, <laughs> Spit on your hand and hoist the Jolly Roger. I like it. If you Google it, you'll find it. I forget who the fuck said it. But... Yeah. No, that, that's Milius, is that he, you're right, he taps into that that deep down, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, you just want to yeah. grab your hatchet and your rifle and go up into the mountains and just tell the world to fuck off. And if anyone tries to take your parcel from you, you're going to... Sh- blow their brains out you know like and it's it's an ugly regressive kind of mindset but when you put it on the big screen set to like some polydorus music you know <laughs> with these wide cinematic shots you're like yes fuck yes bring the commies let their goddamn paratroops rain from the sky i'll shoot them dead before they even hit the ground and then I'll run out into the field and I'll slit their throats and I'll take their guns and I'll, you know, scamper back into the wilderness and wait for the next wave to come. 
that's what you feel like when you watch his stuff. So whatever his sensibilities are, whatever faults he's got, I mean, for the time in which he was making movies, like he, he just checked off that particular box, that vibe that just got you. I mean, not super, super popular, but popular enough to just keep coming back and, you know, working for a long time. And I like that you pointed this out where he did such a good job with um, Red Dawn here, where it's not so much about a foreign fight. It was Russians sneaking into America where we all got to put up, pull on our boots and, you know, wait, pull, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and everything. And the kids hunkered down like he knew how to hit his audience and make it about America's being attacked and not so much like the many wars that we carry on with. Like he did a good job of that. Uh, it, and that- I, I do I do kind of laugh in a dark way about the fact that in this movie he keeps referencing you know american native american uh fighting tactics yeah oh you know blood yeah drink the blood of the dead deer which some fucking horse shit like okay you know what like i grew up around hunters and you know woodsmen and no no one was telling me to drink the blood of the dead deer okay did you eat frozen whale or seal uh, I I did not live that far north. I lived okay. quite into the interior, but we did have a lot of uh, dried salmon. Okay, smoked salmon. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking, what bear meat like... and moose meat and you know stuff oh. like that it happened. What like major city did you live closest to in Alaska? Uh, if you look at the center of Alaska, almost exactly in the middle, there's a relatively small town called Fairbanks. And we lived an hour south of that in a very, very tiny town called Ninana. And it's most notable for having an airfield, uh, a river, the Alaskan Highway, and the Alaskan Railroad kind of all went through it. So Mm -hmm. really, the only reason it exists is because it's got like four major modes of transportation that all sort of pass through it at the same time. But it was really just a town of drunks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is sad to say but you know people die frozen basically. in snowbanks like every year oh. and you know just it was it was not a pleasant place honestly to live i mean the midwest is bad enough for drunks but i can't imagine being up in a well, there's not a lot to do so i can imagine yeah. you get I fucked up yeah and then, and then you probably you had to deal with like being like light outside for like uh, like months right no, I mean, I walked to school as a very young child. It wasn't very far, but I walked to school in the dark and I walked home in the dark. Um, and it really, we did not live far enough north that during the summer it was light out all the time. But, you know, it would be light until, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and then during the winter, yeah, you'd get maybe like four hours of daylight. So perfect place for a vampire to live 30 days a night wasn't that what it's called 30 days a night yeah yep all right guys should we should we get into this like movie? should we actually talk about the <laughs> film itself i mean currently we're only like 10 minutes over the normal amount of time i feel like for a true catheter experience all right go for 15 more minutes all right i'll throw i'm gonna throw to the trailer and then we'll get 
balls deep into this movie. Is that a direction for me, or are you actually telling the audience we're throwing? I'm talking to the audience. (laughs) All right, everybody, get ready for every Doomsday's Prepper's wet dream. The Russians are coming. But one thing they didn't they didn't uh, know is that every American is born with a gun in their hand. So everybody, insert your catheter in three, two, one. Here's a trailer for Red Dawn. What's going on here, my friend? This is the emergency broadcast system. We are under attack by conventional forces of the Russian army. It is believed the lead waves were disguised as commercial charter flights. Communications have broken down other parts of the country. Large areas of the Midwest may have been overrun. I know who all of you are. They're looking for you. You're 40 miles behind enemy lines. I just want to go home. I took a lot of people away. Where's my dad, Mr. Eckert? I want to love somebody, Andy. I'm going to die before it happens. George! They're going to kill us! All of us! So why should we be different? Because we live here! for a bunch of kids, huh? Mama'd be real proud. Wolverines! Soviet Union suffers worst wheat harvest in 55 years. Labor and food riots in Poland. Soviet troops invade. Cuba and Nicaragua reach troop strength goals of 500,000. El Salvador and Honduras fall. Green's party gains control of West German parliament, demands withdrawal of nuclear weapons from European soil. Mexico plunged into revolution. NATO dissolves. United States stands alone. And that is how the world's going to end, people. Mm. Right there. Right there. Apparently, it sounds like Putin has been watching Red Dawn because he wants NATO to dissolve, yeah. and he's fucking around with Poland. Hey, when you got a good plan, you got a good plan. He's a fan of John Mizzarelli. Ms- John Milius? Milius. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to fuck that up. Hold up. So my- Milius. But yeah, he knew something. I want to point out, this also was the very first PG-13 movie. Is it? Yeah. Wanted to see it. I was too young. Really? Yeah. You didn't sneak in the theater? You didn't Wolverine it? No, I didn't. I didn't I didn't know about the Wolverines. Oh. Also, of course we're going by IMDb, IMDb um, excuse your, me, your, your LGBT, other site LGBQ I am. that uh this movie was originally supposed to be set in our state of Michigan up in the UP. So apparently they're originally going to come from Canada down to invade us. In this movie, they come from Mexico and go up because it takes place in Colorado. 
I mean, yeah. the heart the heart of this country runs through Michigan's Upper Peninsula, so it makes it, a lot well, of sense. Well, it makes sense to call the Wolverines now. Well, kind of, yeah. Makes yeah. a little more sense. So I just want to just let that let that out there for you, a little little behind the scenes info. Yeah. So when you hear Kid Rock say he put Detroit City back on the map, no. When Red Dawn came out. I don't know where you're going with this. Neither do I. <laughs> so let's just start out with this movie. Serene, peaceful town. Real America, Griff. Oh, this is definitely, this is some, This is giving David Lynch shivers. Because were you getting a little, uh, Jack, were you getting a little nostalgia? Was this kind of like what it looked like when you were growing up, this little town? I, I actually have to say, I mean, it, it does not look like Maine, because Maine is a little more wooded. Things are a little closer but it actually looks a lot like what Alaska looks like because oh. certain parts of Alaska are very flat and very open like that. Oh. You know, Alaska in, in large stretches of it is sort of a uh, an Arctic desert in a way. So it's that flat, open kind of grassland with trees sort of interspersed throughout it. So it... it, it it does look very much like that. And yeah, the small town America, it, it's always, I think, shocking to people who grew up on the coasts to see those like vast stretches of nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, there's this, not for us. This, We're used to it. Here. Yeah, there's no money. You there. know, it's just like this tiny little town out in the Midwest, you know, southern Midwest. And, you know, it's so 1980s. I mean course this is hollywood dreamed up but you know this is how people kind of live you drive your pickup truck to school <laughs> you drop off your friends and you talk about the big game and it's all little gas stations and you know ice cream shops and i like, i mean this seeds this has a lot more of a southern vibe to it but colorado you know close enough it's just real america Greg. it's just real america it really is it's just real, real america, america. Not socialist, commie, Massachusetts, America. You mean Taxachusetts? Yeah. Taxachusetts. Mass holes. Now, this movie <laughs> has a cornucopia of uh, up and coming 80s stars. We got your Patrick Swayze's. We got your Charlie Sheen's. We got your C. Thomas Howells. We Wait, got Charlie you- Sheen? Yes. He was Matt, the brother. Oh, he was. We got. <laughs> we got jennifer gray before she was dirty dancing we got oh. leah thompson the mom from back to the future leah thompson yeah. yeah i recognized her stars everywhere oh and we have more stars to reveal later yes. too or do you want to reveal them we'll reveal we'll them when they come up oh boy we got people that we consider stars. oh my favorite harry dean stanton yeah we got it right I did get it yeah, right. He called him Henry Dean Stanton, right? I always forget. So guy, though. we got Big Bro Jed, played by Patrick Swayze, in his pickup truck. Uh, did he have a gun rack? He had to have a gun rack, didn't he? He had a gun rack. Oh, yeah. Thank him. Real America. <laughs> Real America. <laughs> Fuck yeah, back, you got a gun rack. <laughs> back in the pre-Obama days when you could drive with a loaded gun in your car. Right. Fucking <laughs> Russia is going to rule us pretty soon here. Now he's dropping off his little bro Matt, played by Charlie Sheen, and was Aardvark with him? Uh yes, yes. Okay. Aardvark. Aardvark. <laughs> the one Mexican kid in this the movie. And he's called Aardvark. Aardvark. <laughs> I want but that leaves me with the questions. How do you get that nickname? Like I really that, that was I, that was his whole character right there. I was wondering what is fucking why he got his nickname. Because he had I like no that. he had no lines, I don't think. Milius knew how to nothing. play on it. There's yeah. nothing. <laughs> 
He's just you know, the brown kid who's with the white right. kids. I mean, that's it. Right. It's horrible to say it, but like that's it. That's his only. It's like I I want to see the character treatment for his character for this film. It's probably three lines. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were making this movie today, people would call it up and be like, "Well, clearly he's the token friend, so they don't look racist." Right. Just the right amount of brown people in this city is basically what they're going for. So now we go to class. The kids, they're goofing off. They're just fun-loving kids. We got the teacher. Yeah. Passing notes, doing the Chinese cradle crypt or whatever that's called. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's called. Know what called. <laughs> Cat's cradle? We got the teacher. He's, he's talking about Genghis Khan to these kids. He's teaching them about battle tactics. Is this, are we trying to, like foreshadow i think they were these they think they're trying to foreshadow like they were they were uh through osmosis picking up some of the tactics of genghis i mean it's it's possible i mean it, it, it i've got so many problems with how these kids like overnight i mean it's like oh yeah we've learned about uh you know native american hunting tactics and therefore we can take on you know an entire soviet division but i mean it's I think it's just more interesting that here we are talking about uh, Asiatic invasion, uh, you know, with this sort of like encirclement and annihilation style and they wipe out everyone in their path. And like, as he's lecturing about this, you see parachutes dropping from the sky. Oh, what's I'm, what's going on out there, children? I'll go. I'll go take a look and see. It's like, uh, I'm glad you pointed something out that really irritates me about modern movies. Now, the character who decides he's a badass, and but just because he decides he's a badass, he becomes a badass. Like he just all like. I mean, look, you can decide, like, I'm no longer going to be afraid. I'm not going to let people bully me. Nobody, but you can't again. just be like. Hmm. I'm gonna be a badass, kick-ass motherfucker now because I just decided that, and then the character just starts kicking ass, like beating the shit out of people. It's like that's not how it works. Did you have this problem with the Mohawk kid and uh, the Kick uh, Karate Kid reboot TV series thing? No, because he got taught karate. Okay, yeah. and then when he learned karate, then he became, he became a shit. A, yeah, became yeah. an asshole. That okay. makes sense. He learned it. But yeah, the paratroop is fun. Of course, remember, this is America. So we see people with guns. We're like, okay, this is normal. We don't like, you oh, know. No, that, that's the Michigan militia, guys. Right. No big deal. They're get, <laughs> like, let's go put out some brownies. The blue fucking... angels in town. Like, what's going on? Like, we're, just, right. like, we're cool <laughs> with this. Right. We're just going to sell them some corn dogs or something. So the teacher's just like, oh, excuse me, sir. Can I help you? And they just blast yeah, he just the motherfucker. Thinks, he just thinks that they're like military guys who, who got blown off course. I think he yeah. actually <laughs> says that at one point. Oh, these boys are way off course. And yeah. The, Despite the fact that in Colorado, they're showing off a little bit of that Midwest charm. Hey, what? folks, are you lost or something? Right. Yeah, that's all we do. <laughs> and then we then we killed the one black guy movie. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie <laughs> by uh, machine gunning him five minutes and 15 seconds in the film. They just Damn. fucking unload. Yeah. They, they start shooting the classroom. A kid's like hanging out a window and shit. It's like, hey. I, I mean, this is a tactic. I mean, this is what Russia is doing apparently over there today. So, yeah. uh, again, Putin, is he doesn't even have a plan. Just like the South Park, he's just lonely about his sad wiener, and he just wants to go into 80s nostalgia. 
Now, was Jed just I think Jed was just hanging out at the football field reminiscing about when his life mattered because this, why is he there? This like, had to yeah, be he comes well, back really quickly for some reason. Yeah. He drops them off and then how much time passes? They're already in class being lectured yeah. to. And then Jed's suddenly there like 30 seconds later in this pickup truck. Here, so here's my theory. Days then confused comes out a couple years later. They saw Patrick Swayze in this and said, that's a character right there. The cool kid who thinks he's so cool, but he hangs out at the high school after he's graduated and just checking out girls. That that was a Jeopardy fucking uh, final question. What was the first line Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, McConaughey uttered in that movie? Wow, they're really lowering the bar. What was Jeopardy. it, though? What was it? All right, all right, all right. That's it. Yeah, they're really lowering the bar, Jeopardy, like I said. <laughs> Anyone can win Jeopardy now. So, Chad, being the American hero football star. Oh, we got a break. Oh, okay. We'll just break now. Oh, I thought you were talking. I thought the time was running out. That was three minutes. Okay. Okay, okay we'll just take one in here. No one wants to give us a free option anymore. Told you it's fucking Bezos, dude. It's that mentality. It's like Google? our whole life is just going to be renting shit now. We're never going to be able to own anything. We can't yeah. own our houses. We can't own our our entertainment. All right. You got to seize the means of production. <laughs> Damn right. Look at here, Colonel Bella talking right now. What's up with this? So. Uh, apparently, Jed was getting a hand job from like a fucking freshman buying the bleachers. He's just there for some reason. <laughs> so he's just like, oh shit, guns are going off. He's in a small town. Asked her to finish, and then he's like, hurry up. And then he jumped in the <laughs> takes off. I don't know. I think I think the excitement spooked him, and he just <laughs> lost it a little early. Oh, yeah. So he's like, kids, get in. Even the Mexican kid, get in. <laughs> And they all just jump in his pickup. That's why you need a gas guzzling F-150. Griff. You never know when the Russians are going to attack, and you've got to get a bunch of kids in your truck. You couldn't oh, fit. Exactly. You could only fit three kids in my car. I got to say, I didn't even notice how little they featured the, the make and model of this truck. I feel like if it were a modern movie, we would have saw it like go over rocks, like oh, a commercial. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't even know it was a four. It was it a four truck. It have to be. Come on, it's America. It's real America. We don't drive foreigner cars. But it's Colorado. It could have been a Chevy Avalanche or whatever they're called. I don't know. But he picks up the kids and like we got to get the fuck out of town. So they're driving. We're seeing people getting rounded up. That was the perfect time to say it's time to get out of Dodge because we just made three car references. Uh, it is a Chevy. It is a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> We see like tanks coming in. People are getting rounded up. Aardvark's dad gets picked up. Why did he? Okay, I didn't think he would. I thought he was Italian because he goes papa, papa. <laughs> so he was actually like Latin or something. Yeah, no shit. All right, and they go straight to Mister Morris's, Wait, who is Robert's father, C. Thomas Howe. Go to his gas station, which apparently I don't know. Uh, I don't know about gas stations here. In Alaska, were there gas stations that sold weapons and guns? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm sure someone who grew up in, like, Cambridge, Massachusetts would sort of be like, what is this? But no, like, small town America like this, I mean, even growing up in Maine in the mid to late 80s, where it's much more sort of densely populated, I guess you would say. I mean, it... 
still small towns, but much closer together. Uh, you know, the gas stations having things like, you know, guns and ammunition, mostly hunting stuff. Um, because that's the thing, you know, you're going out of town and you're like, oh, shoot, we forgot, you know, more beans or oh, I left the box of ammunition for my 30 odd six. So pick that up. I mean, the grocery store I bagged groceries at when I was a teenager had a whole rack of hunting rifles and like thousands of rounds of ammunition right there by the checkout register. So yeah, I'm, I'm not uh you know flummoxed by this idea that they drive up to the pump and scoot and you know can load up i mean i think it's probably a little excessive but yeah i don't know this is also you see just in that scene which i'm looking at that they're out in the middle of nowhere yes so this is also a kind of a phenomenon where this guy's little corner country store uh which is the gas station slash whatever there's probably people out there with little farms and homesteads where like, this is the only place they go except for like the big drive into Calumet, you know, once a month or whatever. So of course this guy's got a whole bunch of stuff and of yeah. course he's got rifles and shotguns and, and long bows and life. arrows and, you know, fun what? stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> this described like such a miserable life to me. Like it's out there and no I, I, I feel bad for your childhood, Jack, because Aww. I just feel like <laughs> I, I, could, got, I would go nuts. I need to know. I on, get why you're really into reading and shit now, because that's all you've had to do. I mean. Um I need to know. Maybe 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 you've been to the Midwest. I don't know if it's a Midwest or just a Michigan thing. When you hear somebody say, I'm gonna go down to the party store, what would you think they're about to get? party store i i i would assume it's not like a party favors store that it's something i don't know like a liquor store around here we call those package stores yeah so you go to the packy yeah you're on the right trail there party store is uniquely michigan yeah yeah it's 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 the place it's the convenience store basically it's It's 7-eleven basically yeah it's a liquor shit that you would get to have a party chips booze pop that kind of shit yeah for us here in new england a package store is almost exclusively a liquor store okay um i mean it might have like a little rack of snacks but it's not uh a convenience store that has that because at least in massachusetts liquor licenses are very specific so it's hard for a little like convenience store to have something other than maybe like beer and wine uh so you would have a convenience store and then you would have a package store and that's a liquor store okay Um, so there's none of the mixing of the the booze and the other stuff all we do is mix and if you go down to some of the uh, sketchier looking party stores that's where you get the really interesting chips interesting. that's where i get that's where i get my hot chips from because they they have the weird flavors yeah yeah Hot Funyuns. I want to say, this is a very accurate scene because they totally gear up on shit teenage boys would gear up on. Coca-Cola, Rice Krispie <laughs> Treats, and olives. Olives for some reason. There's always that one kid. <laughs> but it all makes sense. All that stuff, long shelf life. Those olives will never go bad. Right. I mean, they're just pure sodium, so they just right. never go bad. 
So they pack up all that shit. They get their guns. They get their bow and arrows. And Mr. Morris is like, look, kids, this bug out of town. Go to the mountains. Go to the mountains. Yeah, don't come back down. I'll contact you when it's like I'll contact you guys with information, which it does. I don't think that he ever contacts them. I think they find him somehow later, right? Yeah. He gets well, killed. He gets killed. Yeah. He gets killed? He gets killed yeah. off camera. Yeah. He did? Yeah, he's yeah, because they, they later say that he gets killed because he uh, was uh, enabling gorillas or aiding and abetting gorillas oh. because he, he lets the kids take the guns and the shotguns and stuff. So. Oh, okay. He's Robert's yeah. dad, so when that's why Robert flips out and starts killing people. Okay. Yeah. Who was the guy they visited in the cabin? Like That's two? Mr. Mason. Mason? No, these motherfuckers. They ruined my notes because I think I kept calling him Morris. <laughs> yeah, so no, think- no, Mr. Morris is the gas station owner. He's a different guy. Yeah. 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 That's all. Okay. Morris, so, Mason, Danny, Daryl. They, they needed to name these <laughs> people better. So oh, my. Hey, we so did a code. 40 we- years later, when you're doing a Golden Globus podcast <laughs> about it, you could accurately remember who was who. <laughs> hey, tell me about it. We did a Kojak episode where there's a character named Donnie, Johnny, and Sonny. All right. Oh, Super my God. It was the worst. Slap the writer the who did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, impactful episode, though. Really yes, hit me. It made me a fan. Exactly. Go listen to it, people. So now they bug out of town. Literally a mile down the road, there's a blockade, roadblock. Yeah, they're all cheering. They're like, oh, my God, happiness. We're going to be able to hit the mountains. And that, you, they just see that black little anthill on the horizon. They're like, oh, what the fuck is that? And as Jack gets closer and closer, he's like, oh, guys, I got a bad feeling about this. And it's it's not the cum on my jeans from that hand job I got earlier. <laughs> So, but thank God there was some patriotic. There must have been an air base near well, here. Thank God they're driving a Chevy because they go off road over right. a fucking. Uh, yeah. wait, wait, uh, right. I can't think of what those fences are called. The barbed wire. The fence barbed wire fence. Yeah. Doesn't even affect the truck. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit, we're gonna lose our heroes right away. But no, one American chopper is there. Takes out the road. I think it was Airwolf. But apparently, in 1985, Andy did not come to uh, <laughs> to Colorado yet because they're still using water in their radiators. Well, think about what we're talking about here. This is the 80s. We could barely get Coors on the east side of the Mississippi, so they couldn't get coolant over on the west side of the Mississippi. I don't know, but this is you know, we're talking about Ardvark's only Aardvark. character trait is being called Ardvark. Yeah. This is we learn how Danny's only character trait. <laughs> he can urinate inside a radiator. But he's nervous about it. Yeah, well, yeah, he's never, he, you know, he's a kid. He's want to shower with the rest of the kids. He's just, he's, he's, he's pee shy. Um, yeah, he's pee shy. I do want to say Patrick Swayze is amazing in this movie. <laughs> like him telling Danny, because he's like, I don't know, we don't have any water. And someone's like, we could pee in it. And he's like, you know what, Danny, that's a great <laughs> idea. Get up there, piss it. It looks so natural. Like Patrick Swayze, is he a really good actor? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like I, Maybe. I don't know, he I had don't, kind of a career. He, he, he made had a like, few movies in his time. He's <laughs> in the weirdest movies that no one associates with being like good. They're associated with being like, God, that's kind of a dumb movie, but it's good. Oh, you love Ghost. Come on. I've never seen that one. Neither have I. So but I have seen Red Dawn. Now so what did the radio get hit with a book? Because they do get hit with bullets because the radio yes. gets shot. They had a boom box yes, that gets yeah. shot. And 
so Danny pisses in the radio, which, apparently, which 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 helps. Well, yeah, because I guess it makes sense because they need enough to get to the mountains because we never see this car ever again. Yeah, so the car is trashed. Right. So now we cut to downtown. It's being destroyed. This is where we we meet one of our villains, kind of anti anti hero. He's he's conflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colonel Bella, played by the great Ron O'Neill from Ooh. our from Superfly. We just talked about we him. We just talked and, about Superfly last month. Check it out. And his wig. He no longer has a wig, anybody. And we see why he wore a wig. <laughs> no. He's going full on. I'm proud to have my horseshoe hair, and I don't give a fuck what anybody He thinks. looks amazing. He does. You well, because he's got the mustache. Ron O'Neill, you're a king. You don't need the wig. He, well, yeah. and he, he It agrees. worked for Superfly, though. His character would have done that. So uh, this is character Colonel Bella. He's a Cuban because they're commies too, people. The commies don't just <laughs> begin and end with Russia. Yeah, they're all over him. And obviously, this has to be a play on the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Well, no, he's just. He's just a, he's well, I thought Russia was trying to house mi- missiles yeah, in Cuba, were. so it's still like, yeah, we're tag team partners. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. guess Nikita I, I think and because in the beginning, it's like Bella. the Cubans, the Nicaraguans. And the Russians kind of team up for this. Yeah, that's like the triumvirate that sort of. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. They, they and then, like that... Mexico has like a socialist revolution, and I, I think just from like the scroll in the beginning, they don't that Mexico isn't actively involved in the invasion, but that like the Cubans and the Nicaraguans come up through Mexico, who sort of just steps aside and lets this happen. So weak. Yeah, this is like conservative 1980s America CIA like jerk off fantasy of like why we, you know, need to build the fucking Maginot line across uh, the Mexican border <laughs> to prevent Cuban saboteurs from infiltrating Cheyenne Mountain or some freaking horseshit like that. Because that's no, that's what supposedly happens in this movie is like. Cuban saboteurs make their way into like American strategic air base assets and like, you know, cause havoc, which prevents us from responding to the, to the attack or something. It's it's insane. I don't know. I mean, if you get, if you offer me this or like a modern CIA, CIA infused uh, movie, like uh, American snipers, I'm taking this movie. I'm taking Red Dawn all day. At least we got sways out of it. Well, yeah. And so we, we, we got Colonel Bella, and he's overseeing everything. He's in charge of this sector of America. Because as we learn, America's not fully taken over. There are resistance. There's free America. It's a huge country. Right. You can't just do well, one there's, there's no fucking way they could occupy it. That's it. That was the, we got to do the fucking Red Dawn uh, remake just because mm-hmm. the the con- the conceit is originally it was China invades, which like okay maybe, and then because we're like oh shit we got to get we need that China money yeah. so we're we're not we're not gonna have the Chinese be the bad guy we'll make the North Koreans be the bad guy. It's absurd. <laughs> A country that can't feed its own people is gonna so take absurd. over America. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean makes perfect sense. And I can say because I I I've, I've said. They actually filmed a lot of the scenes in literally in my hometown, in the downtown area. Oh, they did. And I saw, like, I could drive through and see, like, they had Chinese shit up and they just CGI'd North Korean, like, That's flags what you and meant shit up. when you were it. saying that earlier. Yeah. I didn't quite gather what you yeah. Were, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jack will make a comeback and we'll do the Red Dawn remake to compare and contrast. I don't I'll know. I'll be here for it. Okay. Ooh. 
But here, speaking of nut job like fantasies, here's another one. This within the scene where Colonel Bella goes to one of his underlings, go down to all the like sporting goods places and gun shops and look for those registered names. This is the reason why we should never have guns registered, people. That's right. Because they'll find where you live and they'll take your gun. So I they, mean, you know, this is a legitimate. I, it, when you dig into the making of this movie and how it, it, it was kind of taken over by conservative, you know, like reactionary, I wouldn't say forces, but like, yeah, you know, when you've got like the NRA backing your movie, but like, yeah, you got to make sure we include something where like, gun registration paperwork allows us to snuff out the you know the the american patriots who are going to resist the, the tyranny quote unquote of the uh the invaders but you're making a statement that those invaders might also be you know the american government and that's why we can't allow any of this stuff although to be to be fair and i think i put it in my notes like this is small town western america like the the, all the hunting rifles in the closets and over the mantelpieces, like, you know, and just growing trucks. up in Maine, knowing those guns, you know, have been passed around from person to person, handed down from father to son, uncle to brother, like for decades. So, you know, like grandpa's 30-06 or, you know, like Jed's carrying his grandfather's Colt 1873 Peacemaker. Like, there's no registration paperwork nah. on all this this is just sort of the fear mongering and but it does set up uh what's his face is uh see thomas's howell's father for getting killed because you know oh yeah we got to find the find the weapons and then later on they say oh well those weapons were missing so we killed him for aiding and abetting the gorillas oh yeah. yeah yeah this is just a little you know i guess today we'd say second america or you know second amendment dog whistle here to <laughs> get people ramped up about not allowing the government to collect paperwork on your hunting rifle i enjoy that this just comes off as cute considering how ridiculous it is today with dog oh, whistles yeah. and 2a and everything but well, and the fact that these guys none of them i mean they're they're fighting the Russians with lever action thirty thirties and bolt action <laughs> hunting rifles and pump shotguns. Like we have to remember that forty years ago, most people didn't own a, a semi-automatic rifle that wasn't like a, a you know a five shot Browning or something like that. Like real just hunting sporting kind of rifles. This wasn't like oh yeah, I've got a closet of AR fifteen clones. Uh, yeah, you know. It'll allow me to lay down as much firepower as an American rifle squad. It's like, no, most people just owned hunting, sporting type weapons. And that's what you see these kids carrying through the beginning of the movie. Very it was a horrible time to be alive, Griff. Right. No freedom at all. It makes it more impressive no what freedom. these kids were able to do. Yeah, they, they were barely free. No, they were yeah. barely free. Thank God for Ronald Reagan came around. And all I got to God say. damn it. You said it last week. Those chilling words. If your government comes to you and asks you, what can I do for you? Shoot him in the face. How can your government help you? Oh, I'm from the government and how can oh, I help? I, I thought it was the one about shooting him. In the okay, I'm sorry. So, all right. So now we're, we're basically to shut down. This country, uh, this city is to shut down because they got the registration. What are we going to do? Yeah. 
So we cut back to the boys. They finally made it to the mountains. They got a little campfire going on. I thought they were just enjoying some s'mores. Got to tell a spooky story or something. Well, no, but... they're teens. This shit rolls right over them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just get, you know, slap, snap out of it, kid. They're still just... worried about, like, if Jenny down the block wants to, you know, suck their cock. Okay. <laughs> I ride that, and I'm happy about that. So Daryl... The mayor's son, total douchebag. You tell he had the Letterman jacket. You know he's a fucking douchebag. Oh yeah, he's immediately ready to just like, hey man, let's just go back, give up. Danny, Danny's a follower. He's like, yeah man, let's do that. Well, Chet's painting the portrait for everybody, and he's telling us, guys, this is an uphill battle. We had a radio; it got blown out by the fucking. And then one of the goobers was it Ardvark? It was no, it's Robert. He's like, I got to walk, man. Yeah, and Jed, of course, is just like, well, good shit that'll do for us. <laughs> I like that part. I'm yeah, like gonna share these fucking headphones. Yeah. What are you stupid? And so Daryl is immediately like, uh, guys, my hands are tied. Let's go give up right now. Yeah, and one of the goons is like, yeah, let's do it. Let's give up. Yeah, what kind of, I mean, well, what kind of example did Daryl have? He's got the pussy ass mayor who immediately like sells out. Oh, so yeah. of course he's gonna give what up. What was the other kid who wanted to give up's name? Danny. That was Danny. Yeah. Okay. That was his. That was radiator his. He, he peed Danny. in a radiator and he immediately wants to give up. Right. That's his you character. That was his bonding moment with Jed and the Wolverines was like pissing in the radiator. But no, no. Jed should have had him shit in the uh, exhaust pipe or something. So that Jed's like, I got to alpha male this shit. I got to rein these motherfuckers in. Yeah. So he immediately goes after Daryl. Daryl threw the first punch. Okay. They're fighting over a campfire. They're so fucking enraged with each other. That's true. But Jed puts him in check because Jed is a grown man at this time, and he's a little boy. Yeah. So, well, but he but, was also the quarterback. Yeah. And he never lost a game. Oh, never. He, yeah, he pointed that out. Yeah. And so, <laughs> of course, he did because that's the highlight of his fucking life. He's yeah. like, it's all he, downhill from here. What, how do you think he, he peaked like a month before this movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in a way, he's kind of excited for the invasion. Oh yeah. Right. This is the only thing he's got going for him. Exactly. It's this or banging the lady you see later on who's running like the convenience yes. store in town. <laughs> she was definitely she into was, him. Yeah, clearly thirsty for his dick in the worst way possible. <laughs> well, so, he's Patrick Swayze. Come on, I can't blame yeah, him. Oh, my Grant, God. He, Grant. he turns into Jeff Bridges in that one movie I saw that I can't remember the okay, name of. That's great story, Graham. <laughs> 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 it's a perfect Chris story. Come on. He, he turns into this character from a movie I can't remember. Remember that? No, we don't. He becomes a male gigolo in his hometown. I, what? <laughs> Jeff Bridges? Yeah. What? In this movie. He's got a friend who's got one eye. I'm, this is where we need Taffy because she <laughs> yeah. would know what she's talking about like, like that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Against the odds? No. Take a look at me now? No, it was called like my friend Jack or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a really good movie. It's not a criteria. I apologize. You know it's good. So they, but they kiss and make up. They're like, he's like, you know, they bro up. They're like, guys, come on. We're in this together. Yeah. They got to kill some commies. It's a good thing they had some porcupine blood around because they share a swig. They spit it. They (laughs) muta muta in each other's faces. Okay. Um. Also, we gotta point out: Do are they sleeping in sleeping bags all through the winter in the mountains? Do they have tents? Yeah. Uh, no, Jack- I, don't, I don't think we ever see a tent anywhere. Nothing. They do build like a little like makeshift lean-to or something. Yeah, that's it though. 
Yeah, I mean, you you would probably think maybe there'd be like a hunting cabin up there somewhere they could stay at, but no, they're roughing it big time. That's somehow more obvious than having campfires constantly and shooting rifles is to find like some kind of makeshift cabin. But the other question, the big question, I already hit Murray with this question. I need to know Jack's interpretation of this. It got cold in those mountains. One way to keep warm. They're huddling. Yep. (laughs) Yep. They are huddling. These boys are touching their elbows to dicks to ass. That's Yeah. It's balls to butts. (laughs) Balls to butts. Oh, yeah. And then inevitably... You know, someone gets a little motion going. And... Yep. That's why they call you Artvar. Are these these wet dreams you keep talking about, Griff? This is, <laughs> this is not how wet dreams happen. <laughs> Nocturnal emissions. Usually wet dreams don't happen because there's a naked man in your bed. I've never had one. I don't know. So I'm just asking. <laughs> Jack, would you like to share an experience of a wet dream on the podcast? Yeah, we've had this debate because I say, I've always said it's a, it's a myth. I've never yeah. had one. Okay. You don't have to go into detail. <laughs> oh, my God. But have you had a wet dream? <laughs> Wait, are we morning? No, 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 we're not. We don't want to lose Jack. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) So, okay, it's October. Oh. We love it when they give us the dates. Murray, that's the funny thing. Both my wet dreams happen in October. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they call you Mr. October. We know that. Boys, they've they've eaten all the olives. They've drank all the Coke. Now they're living off the land. I I heard it was backwards. They ate all the Coke and drank all the olives. I don't know, but they're hunting. And they shoot a deer. And we we learn that you never shoot twice because that's how they find you, Griff. Yeah, right. Let's think about the crew that's here. It's Jed, the Lord Jed. of the Flies. Jed here. and his little brother, Matt. Okay. And then they brought little Rob, Rob around little Robert, who's never killed, never felt the glory of killing and something ever in his life. Jack, please take us through. Me and Murray have never hunted a day in our no, lives. No, we're, no. we're innocent, sweet boys with soft hands. <laughs> well, I, <don't> <laughs> I see those hands. They're soft. <laughs> They're soft. Have you been hunting, Jack? Yeah. I assume you have. I assume, yeah. Of course yeah. he has. So that's yeah. why he's going to follow up and tell us why you don't shoot twice and uh, how you honor the deer. Oh, God. It's such horseshit. I mean, <laughs> you don't need to shoot more than once. Like You see him run up and he's ready to blow the deer's brains out with his rifle. And then Jed slaps it out of the way, which, by the way, is super unsafe. You're like, you're like <laughs> don't grab at someone else's gun it's just a recipe for someone getting accidentally shot it, it's ugh. Mm. but yeah he, jed then pulls out his hunting knife slits the deer's throat then starts immediately gutting it and then he has him drink the deer which is just gross and, and it's also unsanitary because you don't know what could that deer be diseased could it be carrying a parasite you don't know the last thing you want to do in a situation like this is ingest anything that has the slightest chance of making you sick because it's not like you want to be dealing with giardia (laughs) in the midst of world war three so and and it's just stupid it's this bullshit hunter mythology that's trying to drag some kind of pseudo native american spiritualism into it at the same time how you drink the blood of the deer and then you are infused with the spirit you know what just gut the animal get out of there as soon as possible and dress it someplace else and eat it for crying out loud besides drinking 
blood like that is not great on your digestive system and probably just going to make you sick and make you throw up and then you're going to lose all the hydration and calories you've probably just eaten. So you don't really want to make yourself sick in a survival situation like this. It's just dumb. But you know what? This is pure milius. This is pure boner fuel for a guy like him. He's probably just short stroke in it and typing one hand (laughs) with like while he's writing this scene. He's you thinking know? about the boys huddling. All I got night. to say is Ted Nugent disagrees with you, Jack. All I got to oh say. Ted Nugent probably jacked off 15 times while watching this movie. Oh, you know, Deadly Tedley was definitely jerking over this. He's like, I wish I was a Wolverine. He would have been Rob. He would have been a kid that went crazy. <laughs> so now the boys, they don't have a radio. They're like, we got to find out what's going on in the town. So they decide to walk back into town. And at this point, the town's totally been taken over. Yeah, some time has eclipsed here. But we, we don't go- know how much. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Because they talk about how they don't have meat. And he's like, yeah, they can just shoot hamburgers. And someone's like, do you know where hamburgers come from? <laughs> so guess- we see that we didn't go down without fighting. There's some Russian tanks that have been destroyed. So some shit's happened. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, I really did like that. But they head into town because they, 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 they said they needed some hamburgers and some toothbrushes. So they yep. go to the general store. They binoc at first to survey the scene. They right. see there's a patrol and everything, but a lot of citizens are just walking around. So they're like, we can blend in. We could just go walk right, right. in. Yeah. And we see just the, what are the first thing the commies do, Griff? They start burning the books. Of course. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed some of those books. They got rid of 1984. The they favorite burn in Soldier of Fortune magazine. All the shit you need to <laughs> know. <laughs> I do like that the local cinema is showing Alexander Nevsky admission free. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, trying trying to brainwash us, man. I don't know that movie. And they've got posters of Lenin, like all up in the windows of these places. Branding, the I like communists it. know the importance of branding, so like they're just it. like, get me some Lenin posters up there. It's like it's instead of the Bob Marley poster, they just put the Lenin poster up. So they go into the store, and of course, immediately. As soon as you become a communist city, there's shortages of everything. There's barely anything in this shop. That's there used to be it. abundance. You could just take whatever you wanted That's when, right. when it was capitalism was reigning. Right, exactly. The freedom of the marketplace. It just allowed billionaires right. were equally allowing. The invisible all the hand of the free business. market has been severed thanks to the communists. Right. You can only get one candy bar now. Right. Hershey's. And- Oh, I thought that's uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah, and Hershey's, of course, owns yeah. every other. Candy and they only bar. give you like a block. They give you blocks. They sell it by the blocks now. Like you know, like the the, the, the bars come in blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The up. rectangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're saying they only give you one now. Yeah, the Hershey Kiss size. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but they still charge you full price, of course. So, uh, Jed, the swinging dick in town, he's like, I know this chick. She's into me. We can get her if we want. It. Goes up to her. He's like, hey, hey there, fine lady. Can I get me some toothbrushes? And she's like, because we see that there's like all these like soldiers like monitoring everything. And she's just like, hey, man, you know, you're wanted people. Why why would they still be looking for these kids? They haven't done shit. They just ran out. Who cares if like eight kids like disappear? Everybody. Everybody was on the look for them. I can only imagine that these are the only people in town that got out. I mean, well, I mean, which seems ridiculous, right? It's a big town. It's a very dispersed population. Of course, plenty of people 
would be unaccounted for. The idea that these six kids are the only people in this entire town that just made it off into the hills is absurd. But I guess the idea is that in the context of the movie, oh, well, and also they've got the guns. Mm-hmm. Because oh, at this yeah. point, Robert's dad has probably been shot. And so there's six boys that got away in a pickup truck filled with guns and supplies. So I guess even though they haven't done anything, you know, the communist uh, totalitarian invader mindset is like, well, no, we got to find these kids and they're, you know, four rifles and shotguns, despite the fact that we've got fucking BMPs and BTRs and T-72 battle tanks and hind attack helicopters, RPGs and all this other shit. Some kid with a bolt action hunting rifle is a real threat to us. So, yeah, we get the KGB involved here. <laughs> so Chad's like, "Hey, have you seen my dad?" You know, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, he was the, the, the realest of Americans." So they took him to the re-education camps. They're set up at the drive-in. So, so you know, now we, he's got to go see his dad. Guys, I got really good news. What? I found the movie I was talking about. <laughs> The Jeff Bridges movie. Hey, everybody. It was a callback from 15 minutes ago. What's the Jeff Bridges movie? <laughs> it's called Cutter's Way. Oh, yeah. Cutter's Way. Nobody fucking knows what Cutter's Way is. It's so good. <laughs> Do you know what Jeff Bridges? Remember, I said that Jed reminded me of <laughs> Jeff Bridges' character. His character's name in Cutter's Way, Richard Bone. <laughs> A little on the nose with that. He's a, a gigolo little, called Richard Bone. A little on the nose. Dick Bone. Dick. Dick. I hate you for bringing that up. This movie was so good, though. Everyone Dick should watch it. Bone. It was so and good. Was it a comedy, at least? No. It was a, it's a drama with a character who's a gigolo named Dick Bone. It was a very surreal movie because his friend, Cutter, is a Vietnam uh, veteran. Who's fucked up? We're <laughs> giving you a movie review on top of a movie review. No one's ever done this before. Only no, Only no, people. we're not talking Cutter's Way. No. If you're one of these fucks who looks for ratings to tell you what to watch, <laughs> fuck you. Watch Cutter's Way. It's a good movie. It's rated X, by the way. Oh, watch okay. now on Prime Video. There's very little exactly. nudity in it. Yeah, if, for, yeah, watch it right now because Prime's probably going to take it take it off. Yeah, that's right. Bezos doesn't want you to see Cutter's Way. So they go to the they they sneak into the drive through. We got the fucking we got the they live shit going on with Obey and all these like symbols showing. America is a whorehouse. <laughs> it's like and then. And of course, who better to be the, the heart and soul of America than Harry Dean Stanton? It's so perfect. He is amazing in this scene. He's such the quintessential gun nut asshole, where he's just like, you can tell he just abused his children their whole oh, life. That's the, that is the, you're right. It is the perfect American dad because, yes, you, you know, I treated you hard. Yeah, you probably beat the shit out of your kids, you probably psychologically scarred them. But it was all done to make them tough and make them resilient and make them true American patriots. I'm like, oh my god, if this if World War Three hadn't happened, these kids would all be you know middle aged guys on Facebook ranting about Obama's birth certificate. So, yeah, there you go, great job, Dad. Right, he just feels vindicated. He's like, all that years of abuse have just made you, you know, steel. I made you into iron. 
you know, you're ready to take out Russia. And he was right. Unfortunately, he's right. Because, you know, they, I don't think they would have had, they'd all be a bunch of Daryls. Is this a situation where Milius had some kids and he was shitty to them, but he's like, now it's paid off, kids. Because <laughs> this reeks of that kind of thing. It's so, like Conan's dad in a way, where he's like forged them like he forges the sword. Right. Oh, okay. Jed is, he's he's the answer to the riddle of steel. It's Jed. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but the little description of <laughs> he the- literally and then and then Harry Dean Stanton literally says, "Crush your enemy, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of their women." Oh my god, <laughs> that's a great line. I I, I get why Millie's reused it because it's a good line. Yeah, but it was a little you know on the nose. Yeah. Well, that was his call. That was his lick, if you will. If they were doing another Ted Nugent reference, that's his lick. Okay. So he's just like. You know, and he's just like, I'm they'll never break me, son, but I'm stuck here. Go off, go back to the mountains, fight the good fight. And oh. then he just goes, Avenge me. Just, As if that's not gonna attract the attention of one of the guards. Exactly. There's this guy's screaming about vengeance over there by uh section 14C. Maybe someone should go take, check that out. These guards don't speak English. Come on. Don't they logic. don't know what avenge me means. Exactly. Logic is perfect. He'd probably <laughs> we'll just see. be having a fight with somebody over a can of beans for all they know. <laughs> And I think he told him to go to Mason because they go to Mason after that. So. I see. I don't. Did you correct it or did I actually get the right name in? There? I think you got it right. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> and so they go to this. Uh, the, the last uh, you know resistance is Mason. He helps people out. Yeah. So apparently he's got a cabin in the woods. Got a cabin in the he, woods. It, this is he's pretty much like red green. You know, he's got like a lawnmower he uses. It's just made out of fan blades. He's always talking about if you can't be handsome, you can be handy. It's red green. Well, he fills in the kids about what's happened in the month that they've been hiding up in the mountains. I mean, this is where we learn that there is a free America, but it After, ain't here. Oh, excuse me. We don't speak in full words in this America. Just he mo- M- M- Milius did a good job of predicting this future where we just, instead of saying right now, we say RN. Yeah, I hate because that because I don't know any of these I know. I have a hard time with them too. Um, <laughs> Kayla, you son of a bitch. Um, so, yeah, he hits them with FA. And I was like, what the fuck is FA supposed to be? And I was like, call it free America. Just say free America. You're talking. When you're talking, you don't use the fucking shorthand. You use These the kids long. Have been in the woods for a month. They don't know what the hell you're talking. About. Yeah, right. exactly. They've been gnawing and drinking deer blood. Right. They're probably riddled with ticks and shit. Like, oh, think of all the. That's probably what they do when they're huddling up. They're like picking ticks off their bodies too. If Milius you know. grooming. Yeah. I, right. Oh yeah. That's what they're doing in the sleeping bags together. Right. If Milius had played, uh, oh god, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Cutter's way, <laughs> I think it would have been great. <laughs> I was gonna say the Oregon Trail once. He would know that at least one character would already be. Millions be ready to go cannibal like day one. <laughs> he would be like, "We're stuck here. I'm eating you." Did you guys play that game in school? No, oh, he has. Like, you did. Oh, did. yes. Oh, yeah. oh God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who you'd eat first? What's that? What's, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Going... Oregon Trail. No, I don't know. I don't know that. Tell me about it. <laughs> let's, let's make this you episode know Oregon Trail game. I, I no, we didn't. I grew up oh in the ghetto. We didn't have that shit. Holy shit. See, what's funny is growing up in Alaska. Alaska actually pumped a huge this amount. I mean, 
Alaska's state budget uh, was actually fucking flush because it's all oil and natural mm-hmm. resources. They pumped like half their state budget into education. So when oh. I was growing up in there, like in kindergarten, in a tiny little fucking fly speck town in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness, we had fucking computers nice all over the place and i'm not joking like we had multiple computers in the classroom when i was like seven years old like when this movie's happening i'm in some tiny little village in the middle of alaska and we've got computers and we're playing fucking oregon trail and it's this war games journey simulator where you have to pick how much stuff you've got so much money and you yeah. Uh, load up your wagon with provisions or are you bringing extra axles are you bringing food are you bringing ammunition and then as the game goes on it's like oh you someone is sick did you bring medicine oh you didn't oh that person dies oh you're mm-hmm. gonna cross a river do you you know what's the chance for the river for the river yeah. and oh you wind up drowning or oh, do you hunt for food so there's all these different it was almost like a really primitive role-playing game where you have to make the decisions to get from one side of the country to the next and it's they actually call people my age the oregon trail generation because it's this little micro generation of like really sort of late stage gen xers like myself to like elder millennials, like in their late thirties. Cause it's, yeah, probably this like mid 10 year span of time in which this game would just get played like in schools or in people's home, you know, older home PCs. Um, it, it, there's probably some web emulator out there now. That oh, they're hundred percent. They still remake it and everything. It's yeah. the original. I'm going to go into my modern gaming knowledge. It's the original roguelite. Because every game is like random, like it's not like Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden where you know where everything's gonna be. Right. It's like you get random occurrences. But yeah, the most right, famous right. line to come out of it: "So and so died of dysentery." Well, hey, I learned something today. I've, I've never played Oregon Trail. That's amazing. We're gonna hook you up. You got because you were like an inner city punk <laughs> kicking around cans and getting into switch. Not kicking around for... cans. Yeah. We know all about Murray from our Kojak episode. You should go listen to. He was out on the street shooting jays and not smoking weed. I mean, shooting basketballs. He was the jay shot king. Yeah. So we learned that. FAs exist, but we're not. They're not living in FA. They're living forty miles inside enemy territory. Which is interesting because if you remember back into the math of the warriors, which I did end up hearing some news about, like the distance between where were they for the Bronx meeting? and Brooklyn, Bronx to Coney Island. Yeah, it's like 20, 20 miles. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> New York City is now like a hundred miles yeah. across. Yeah. It's just funny because it came. I was listening to NPR the one morning and it came up, and I was like, "What the fuck? We just talked about this." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's how influential we are. NPR is talking about our episode. NPR is always <laughs> doing stories after shit we do. So he's like, all right, kids, I'm going to give you radio and I'm going to give you some booze because fuck your adults now. <laughs> I mean, You're fighting fucking World War Three. Here's a bottle of bourbon. Here, here's <laughs> exactly. another beautiful commentary on America. Like we're like, yes, smoke cigarettes <laughs> at 18, but drink booze at 21. Yeah. They're like, yeah, no, you kids are now. Yeah, you kids are fucked for life. So go ahead and just start drinking oh, yeah. now because we're not. He's like, you a oh, break. by the way, Robert, you're dead in six months. He's yeah. like, Robert, your dad's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you need to break into it. Yeah. 
And this is where Robert just snaps at this moment. This is his downfall. Well, he read it like the airplane line. Have you ever seen a kid naked? Or have you ever seen a man naked? He was like, have you ever known anybody? Well, I love this. Or he's like, okay, kids. You're a bunch of horny teenagers. I gave you some booze. I'm going to give you two of my granddaughters, too. Oh, my God. How about that? Look in That was an unwise decision. Why would you do that? (laughs) The reveal was like a game show, though. Somebody (laughs) open that cellar. And they're thinking it's going to be like a mounted truck gun or something, a Chevy Avalanche. No, it's two fucking... The granddaughters. (laughs) Played by Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson. And so, like, they're, and they give some horses too. They get so they got some transpo now, and they go back into the mountains. Oh wow, Murray using the shorthand. <laughs> yeah, I, I got inspired by your abbreviations. <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done. So, and they're always they gotta get better and better, better and better, better so and better. So that night, they're around the old campfire to listen to some sweet FA radio. The, okay. They were going for this, right? Because this radio station sounded bleak as shit. It was David Lynch level weird. Well, they were giving off codes and shit. Like it, had a, it was codes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John has a long mustache was like a pre-Normandy invasion code. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It, throughout this, the, they they drop little homages to like uh, World War II sort of uh, resistant codes and you know shit like that because i mean half this movie is all just people whacking off to resistance world war ii stories right so the next day we get some uh kgb guys they're on their vacation they got their day off so they're gonna see some of the tourist sites around colorado Makes sense. So they stop at this like like a, like a national park sign or something. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was like a national park sign. And the guy's like, "Hey, what's what's that six? One of the guys says he can speak it or read English. Yeah, and he starts making up some bullshit story about it, it, all. It is is like Teddy Roosevelt like this, made this land so we could have you know like forty yeah. acres, whatever. This and land he, has made a spaghetti. He ate it all. Then he shot an engine in the face. Right. Well, now that's the story he's telling. He's like, yeah. yes, then. You know, capitalistic Roosevelt killed an Indian with a tomahawk. And it's like, none of that shit's what he's saying. It's, it's a very boring story. Yeah. And they're just it fucking just, around it taking was just pictures. The that said where the bathrooms were. And, <laughs> and our, our heroes are like eavesdropping. They're like on the bottom of this hill. Yeah, it was a very steep hill. Yeah, it was. A lot of, lot of big rock faces for them to like, you know, get foothold onto because. I guess a couple of them were on a patrol and got spooked, and then they called everybody. I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on here, but they're all hiding on this hill face. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then so, someone makes the mistake of leaving an arrow. Yeah. Oh, And yeah. the guy's like, oh, my God, this is like an Indian arrowhead. This is worth a lot of money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> His English has gotten a lot better, by right. the way. And the guy's like, hey, fuck face. This is like titanium here, and this is plastic. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's you... bone polished to a high sheen. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we know we learned that this guy's a bullshitter, so he never like you know admits he's wrong. So yeah, right. he's like, yeah, it's yeah, Indians invented plastic. Yeah, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and while they're arguing over that, Tony slips on this hill, and and they so they hear him. And then this is where we get our first kind of awkward interaction, like fight. This is really good, though. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. I really like how it plays out. And uh, it, it, it's just really good because I don't even remember how the guns start firing. They were confused about it, too, because they weren't expecting to find enemies up here. 
did they immediately start shooting down and just miss everything? Well, one of the KGB guys gets shot in the back with an arrow, and I, he's just like, ow, ow, ow. Like, he's like not even selling it at all. He's oh, yeah. Like, what, he's, like, he's more irritated than he's in pain. Right. And the kids are just, you know, they've they're there's learning how to kill. It's like watching a baby learn how to walk. You're proud of them. These kids are just like hitting them with rocks. They're just they don't know what they're doing. Right. They chase one guy down, shoot him in the back. One guy manages to get back up into his Jeep and he's gonna call it in. And then Jed stops him, right? He just says, like, God help me or some shit. Yep, God help me. And Jed just shoots him right in the fucking face. He breathes on him for a long time. Really close too. <laughs> Patrick Sway's really adding the element of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a teen. Yesterday I was getting a hand job on the bleachers. Today I'm shooting a man in the face. Right. Cutter's way. Right. <laughs> that's gonna be yeah, you, that's gonna be our two hundredth episode. You just ruined the surprise, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So that night they're coming to grips. This is they they finally <sighs> killed. They've got the symbolic <laughs> sawing off of the shotgun barrel. Right. It's like no longer a weapon for hunting. It's a weapon right. for war. Everyone traumatized, but Robert has a fucking massive heart on. You can tell he's wearing sweatpants. And he's, and he's just like, he's finally found his like p- p- place in life. He's like, I've never been more alive than when I was killing Russians. <laughs> So we, oh, the, the, I'm looking at it right now. He's wearing a fucking headband, Rambo style. Yeah, he's sawing the barrel off the shotgun. Yep. I'm ah! gonna, I'm gonna get my parade. And you gotta remember, this is small town America still. So Charlie Sheen's meet like, hey, bitches, clean the dishes. Yep. And they, and Rob, they, Rob barely has any lines. That, oh wait, not Rob. Matt. Matt. No. Matt has zero lines. Charlie Sheen zero lines in this movie. Hey, clean these dishes for us. Okay. And then Erica's no, Erica's like, fuck you, motherfucker. I ain't doing that shit. Oh no, he said okay to yeah, her. Yeah, she's like stands up to him. Yeah, you know? I like to. So, you know, yeah, now there's a mutual respect. They're not gonna be like these fuck the gender roles. Those well, are gone. This well, is World War Three. Yeah, because he's telling her I or she's telling him we're better than you at combat. We saw how you bitches bitched out during fighting. Like we got in there, we bashed heads with rocks. You guys were like shooting off into nothingness. So girls, so, they earned yeah, well, it. One yeah. of the girls shoots the guy who's got the arrow in him. She just grabs his AK and just empties it into his back. So one of them gets her kill on pretty early. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, beautiful. We did learn earlier only shoot once because you shoot twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's out the door now. It's just like shoot, <laughs> shoot as many bullets as possible. One shoot. One tried to Rambo. They can't hear you. The other people were just like, fuck that. We're going into Rambo 5 where you just shoot everybody all the time. So the next, Bella, he gets the uh, report that these soldiers have been found. They're dead. He's just like, hey, nobody travels alone anymore. You have a squadron with you. Yeah, they're walking along and they've got like all the tanks ready in the middle of nothing. They have a bunch of soldiers out there. It's a very weird scene. And I was expecting a lot more to come out of this. Nope, just... Travel with the squad. Well, they got to meet up with the mayor because the mayor immediately sells out. Oh, that's right. So they go to the mayor's place. Oh, no, they even head back into town because they do this meeting in town. Yeah. So they're in the middle of nothing. Then they just jump to in town. Where Yeah. Okay. Right. And he's meeting with the mayor's like, How, hey, do you need a hand job, sir? He's just immediately sold out. Fucking Daryl. And uh, one of the Twitch casts I watch, they use Daryl as a derogatory term. And I get it now. Because they're referring to this character. He's a total <laughs> Daryl. If I could remember it, I would bring up – it fits with the whole, like, 
uh, abbreviations. Cutter's the wife. movie Daryl about the robotic boy. I forget what Daryl <laughs> stood for. Oh, what was that? Oh, we got 10 minutes. We've been doing this whole episode in our segment. <laughs> yeah, like I said, get the catheters out. Gotta get the I gotta get, I'm getting my catheter out. We got to pay for a real streaming service. Now apparently. I'm going to think about what the fuck Daryl stood for. I, I saw that movie 12 times in well, junior high. Have, they made us watch Daryl. That's, that, that's the education minutes. I got. Daryl. <laughs> So, <laughs> Daryl's dad is just like, "Hey, man, my boy's there, but don't worry, he's he's a good boy. He he's not a, he, he loves communism." Well, yeah, fella offers <laughs> up. I hear some boys got some guns and are in the hills and are murdering our own men. And he, he's like, "I hear your boys are one of them." Mo Daryl, no, Daryl's a politician, like his old man. He's not a gorilla. And then Bella just looks at him like, as you would as a guy like this, like with no respect. Like, I could just spit on you right now. Well, he did spit on him. That's the best part about Ron O'Neill is that he was always known for his spit trajectory. He could spit 45 feet. And he got uh, Daryl's dad right in the eye. Wait, yeah, Daryl's dad. dad. I was going to say. So the next morning, we're going to have a burial for those three soldiers that were killed by our kids. And they they have uh, Hardvark's dads, and they're making him dig the graves. He looks strong. Well, he was strong, yeah. And he, a coat on, and he works for half the half the price. <laughs> white man. So now <laughs> they knew that they came into America. Even the communists <laughs> take advantage of Mexicans. Isn't that the worst? That's the worst. That's horrible. That's horrible. Oh, Bella would have been upset by that. <laughs> yeah. That's not a joke for Bella. <laughs> yeah. So they got all the guys they can't break, like like uh, uh, Jed's dad. He's never going to be broken. I don't care how many fucking drive-in movies you show him. He, you show him Cutter's way, he's going to be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not selling out. <laughs> so they line up all the, the, the dads that are never going to break. Oh, and they, they do just, a gender reveal? <sighs> and I think uh, our kids are watching this too, right? They're like seeing what's going on here. Binox. Binox. They're on the hills. And they just, you know, I, I they start as as every grown American does. He starts singing a patriotic song. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as, as Griff, as Griff wrote in the notes, they sing some American song. <laughs> you didn't even fucking know the song. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, this is familiar, but I don't remember it. And my then, country tis of thee. Yeah, is that what they were singing? Is that what it's actually yeah, called? I think yeah. it's- Whatever that's called. Yeah, whatever, well, whatever. if it was 2016, it would have been YMCA. Yeah, yeah. And they just gun them down. They see their dad get blasted. So that 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 kind of bummed them out. <laughs> Did we talk about that on mic? What? How Trump said he was a huge music fan. No, and we they were like, not. "What's your no? Fav- we don't. We don't, we don't we what's your favorite right. song? We're in hour number five YMCA. right now. We don't need it. <laughs> Murray a Trump aside. We're at one thirty. <laughs> We're doing really good. Okay, that <laughs> night at camp, Jed Rob's crying because I don't know why. Because his dad's already dead. He didn't see his dad die, but Rob is crying, and Jed just slaps him across the face and says, "Don't you ever cry again." This is why I'm gonna give you a lesson my dad taught me. Don't you ever fucking cry again. Crying is for pussies. And that's all. <laughs> The amount of toxic masculinity. Oh yeah, in this movie. and I love the never line. cry again for the rest of your life. Why? And I love it because the next line is strip down and get in the man sack. <laughs> exactly. The man sack. Well, that's what they call the the super sleeping bag they have. Next day, 
We're at uh, the old Robert's dad's gas station. And we see a KGB's rolling up in a tank. And they got to fuel up like everybody else. They get only like five miles to a gallon. And uh, Tony, played by Jennifer Grey, she rolls. You know, I just noticed about Jennifer Grey. <laughs> oh, let's go on your sidebar here. <laughs> this is important. This is about Jennifer Grey. Okay. Her whole big thing was she had a big nose to the point where she got a nose job. And it ruined her career because nobody recognized her anymore. Her nose looks fine in this movie. She I don't looks know. fine. I mean, this yeah. is typical Hollywood dysmorphia. I mean, I feel bad for her that she was essentially probably bullied. Who knows? Parents, agent, God only knows what. Like, she looks totally fine. It's ridiculous. That's bullshit. It reminds me of our uh, female actress in the one Rucker Howard movie, The Blind One. Who had the really blue, like piercing? Oh, yeah, Meg Bryan. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what? He was out. He was on the episode. Meg too. Foster. Meg, Meg for yeah. Foster. Meg Foster. Yeah, I was yeah. like Meg Ryan. That's not right at all. <laughs> I love how you're like. That's not right. Man. That's that's the, you've got everything. male lady, right? Yeah, that's yeah, you got male. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, Hollywood's got a thing for people who look slightly off, and they're just like, no, fuck you. I didn't notice her nose at all. I didn't know it was a thing. That's really here's a little fun fact for you. Her dad, Joel Gray, played June in Rima Williams. Oh, the movie we did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Movie. <laughs> so she they're, they're, they're these kids are getting a little more sophisticated in their plots. So she rolls up on a bicycle the picnic basket. Oh yeah. This is a Yogi Bear cartoon. Yeah, picnic basket. Yep. And uh these guys, they're 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 red blooded Russian boys, so they see some. I get it, red blooded. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're looking to nail some wool, as as Ajax would say. So they're like, "Hey, American baby!" They're like, they're like the wildly crazy guys from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> they're like, "Hey, American lady, come here!" Right. And she's like, "Yo, leave me alone!" And like, they they grab her picnic basket, and they're like, "Well, fuck it, you you." Know, you're probably lousy in bed anyway, bitch. And oh, then they're, she total just they're yeah. total incels. They're total incels. You a whore. We don't do whores. They take her picnic basket, and they're like, we're going to have a little picnic in our tank. Excuse me. They swipe her picnic basket. Yes, they do. Yeah. But little did they know there's a bomb in that picnic basket. Oh. And it blows up the tank. Oh. And then they're like, hey, we can't let that bitch get away with that. So they run after her. But our boys are set up. They mm. got the little... Uh, Heidi holes. Yeah, they chase them out. Spider holes, Murray. Spider holes? Did you hear about the spider that's coming to America? Yes, I did. Okay. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so they pop out of their spider holes. They kill the Russians, and all is good in the world. Oh, God. So now we get a nice little... Uh, uh, they, they, and they even leave. They start tagging. They're like they're they're like the warriors. They start their own gang. The Wolverines. Except they do it more than once, and their tag is a little bit more descriptive. I mean, there's more letters at least. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta say, this is where it gets ridiculous. Like, okay, they kill the guys up at the monument, then they do this, and then suddenly they are this unstoppable guerrilla force that somehow, despite the fact that there's thousands of square miles all around them they've got no idea where the russians are going to be at any time but like you know they they ambush this uh reprisal column and kill all the russians before the russians kill the people and you know like then they just go on this rampage and it's like how did they suddenly become expert guerrilla warriors with what i feel like is that 
Powers Booth's character should have come in like around now yes. Yes. in the movie. Hundred percent. And he should have been the one who becomes their mentor and teaches them how to do all this shit. Because the idea that these kids are, are suddenly know how to use RPGs and guerrilla tactics and explosives and throw hand grenades and all this sort of stuff is just absurd. They just get killed. You know, you'd have that one competent Russian guy who'd be like, wait, we're just fighting kids <laughs> and take them all out. You know, Jack, I haven't answered your question. One, they drank their blood. That's <laughs> true. That's and, true. And two, they decided we're going to kick ass now. And that's all you need. You don't need training. <laughs> you know, just they need- play. We said, "Hey, blooded American courage." This is like playing Oregon Trail. I, I, I got this, and they just did it. All right, this yes. next next thing I found very interesting. We get Bella walking with his superior, and if you're a fan of Golden Globe Theater, you know the actor that plays his superior. You want to tell him who it is, girl? Oh, it's one of my favorite. I saw this man. I was like, oh god, that guy looks like a wrinkled. Prune or grape? I can't. I thought it was. I thought it was Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon for a second. Ming the Merciless. Yeah. I uh, I'm still going with various fruits that I've uh, devoured in recent days: stone fruit, non-stone okay. fruit. I'll eat her peaches. Now, what's who's this guy? It's goddamn Mister Bim himself, Boogaloo Master. I don't remember what was his name in the movie. I Mr. thought it was Mister Boogaloo. It was Mister Boogaloo. I think. Yeah, from the Apple. From the Apple. The classic. Everybody. Uh. Musical from Golan from uh, Menachem Golan. And you know what his character was? He ran a tyrannical fucking oligarchy world where he was at the top, of course. He was an oligarchy. Yeah. And he um wait. But he entertained the people with beautiful music. Exactly. And that's and he gave us a new currency, the BIM. Right. Which yeah. is yeah. Which is Hey, 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 BIM's on the way. <laughs> It's another great episode of Golden Globus Theater. And of course, the Apple. I do own that soundtrack, and yeah, it is yeah. wonderful. So, no, I, I really found this scene very interesting because it's it's Bella, and you can tell he's getting disillusioned because he's always been on the he's always been on the kids' side, like the insurgents. Like you know, he's he's never been the man. He's been fighting the man his whole life. Yeah, and he's conflicted. He's kind of like he kind of respects these kids. He's like, I really don't know how how to fight these kids because I've always been on their side. Right. He's got a Wolverine in his heart. That's right. gotta be it. And I, re- I, I, fi- and he was like, and I found this very interesting. It reminded me a lot of us in the Iraqi war where it was, a, he said, he actually mentions the line winning hearts and minds mm. yeah. because they, because they were trying to like, like brainwash people instead of killing them and being like, like slash and burn kind of, you know, which was what William Smith tells him to do later on in the yeah. movie. He's just like, we're trying to convert these people to communism and it's just not working. Yeah. And it's, be- it's because like, I mean, he, I mean needed, the- he needed Hurt Locker to be out at this point because Hurt Locker really. <laughs> <that message. laughs> right. Yeah. I got I'm, now I got to kind of agree with William Smith's thing. If you can't, this is, this is the issue we have as Americans when we, we, when we, we don't invade. We bring freedom to country. Yeah. <laughs> freedom prize. Freedom yeah. prize. Because we, because as Americans, this is, I'm sure all our, our non-American listeners will nod their head with this. We always have to be the good guy in every conflict, no matter, no matter how selfish the reason is what we're doing, because there was no reason to invade Iraq. We know yeah. that. 
but so we always have to be the good guys. But the problem is, if you're gonna, and this is why we always lose these wars because when you're if you're gonna do an occupation, you got to be like what. Anybody, what was William Smith's character's name in this movie? Does anybody know? It's something unpronounceable. Okay. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that, that's a little racist of me to say that. So we're no, going to call him. Guy. We're going to call him Normad because that's his character in Get Even. Great. It's movie. not racist. It's uh, uh, just it is. Strynikov. Strynikov. Okay. Strynikov. Strelnikov. S T R E L N I K O V. Strelnikov. Strelnikov. Nikita, right. got it. He's just like, <laughs> he's old school because I'm sorry, like, at the end of the day, nobody's going to, like, no no American is going to care more about Iraq than an Iraqi is. Like, no fucking Russian is going to care enough about Ukraine as a Ukrainian is. So the Ukrainians are going to fight till, you know, the end. I mean, part of the reason we fucking won the American Revolution is, is because the British had German fucking mercenaries. And they're like, we don't give a fuck who wins this fucking war. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Hessians. I failed pretty much every history class ever, though. And so, (laughs) so I already forgot the the guy's name, but he's like, uh, if you really want to, Strelnikov, Strelnikov, That's gonna be my next pen name, Strelnikov. I like it. I like it. He's got it right because it's, it's basically what we did with the Indians. You just crush the fucking people, yeah. destroy their culture, and go, you're assimilating into our culture. That's the only way you can win an occupation. And then he fucking cued to run for the hills, and it was perfect. Right. Because it just makes sense. And so, like, this, and this is why, like, we, we, lo- we you know, in Afghanistan, we lost. This is why Russia, and, then, and I also love the similarities where they're talking about, because at this time, Russia was in Afghanistan in an unwinnable war. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. And we and we learned obviously nothing from that. No, and they they learned nothing from England, who also was in fucking Afghanistan. Interesting. And so it was. I thought this was a really, even though it was a brief scene and doesn't really plot wise do anything. I thought it was really interesting. It reminds me of my favorite modern movie, Dune, as well. Just gonna throw that out there. Okay, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I'm basically just saying. Crush your enemies, see the drift before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. If you really want to win a war, did they overhear Harry Dean Stan? They're like, we're going to take his did. words to advice. <laughs> like that's that apparently is the same code that so lives Bella's even telling his superior, Mister Boogaloo. He's like, the morale is down. You know, like we're not we we can't beat these eight kids. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can't find them. We can't beat them. <sighs> So that's what's basically what's going on with with the bad guys. November. Erica happens upon a, a downed uh, paratrooper. Yeah, she thinks it's a, a Russian, of course. But Powers Booth would never play a Russian. Never, never, never. Not my coach. That man was in <laughs> Southern Comfort. It makes you biologically incapable of playing a communist. Exactly. <laughs> And she, but she has to test them. She's like, "What is the capital of Texas?" Oh yeah, of course. And he goes, "Austin, keep it weird." And she's like, "No, it's Houston, because this is the this is the state of our American uh, education system." <laughs> she really thinks Texas capital is Houston. He's like, "You dumb broad, it's Austin." And she's like, "Ah, what do I know? Come on, you can come with." Wait, us. it is Austin? Yes, it's Austin. Oh, I thought it was Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, two two cities or the yeah. Cap- yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 technically, I thought it was Dallas Fort Worth. Playing too Airport. much Oregon Trail. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I always dip out, dip down into Texas and Oregon Trail. So like, so this is where, like Jack pointed out, this is where it would make sense that these kids learn. I agree, hundred percent. We were talking about their whole winning, mo- like they get like several wins, and it would have made more sense if uh, they had tutelage during this whole scene. But yeah, anyways. like if they got lucky, like a couple of times, yeah, got enough like guns and gear, so that they had like the nucleus or something. But then you could have even had a scene where they, where you know, Jed says something like, you know, we we got lucky a couple times, but. You know, it's just going to take one slip up and the Russians are going to get us, you know, and then they kind of like hunker loose for a little bit. And then, you know, Andy comes along and says, yeah. oh, like, you guys, all right, if, if you got the will, I can teach you what you need to do. And then you could have had like a cool little like sort of training montage and him kind of like in nature mentoring them you know leon the professional style and how to kill from a distance and yeah i i i actually think that would have been a much better move and it would have felt more real like okay these kids are actually getting some training from someone who sure he's a fighter pilot but i mean he's a colonel he, he has some understanding of escape and evasion and guerrilla tactics uh yeah it, it's it would have just felt better to me and not so fantastical because at this point, these kids are, you know, stirring up this whole hornet's nest. Like you're getting generals involved. <laughs> these high school kids marauding the countryside. So it's like, eh, I, I would have felt better if he had come in a little bit earlier. So. It doesn't help that they have expendable characters. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about it. Charlie Sheen's character, Rob, or uh, Matt yeah. barely does anything. Then there's Matt who just goes crazy. Then there's Daryl who had, never mind. Uh, but yeah. Arvark, they have characters that are expendable. They could have lost life. They could have been maimed. Yeah. Anything and those could have killed one really early on to just sort of. Actually, that would have been a good way to do it. You kill one of them, and then they 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 sort of the shut down and they're like, okay, like you know. That was just one loss. Like that could have been all of us, you know, yeah. kind of that kind of conversation. And then they just stop doing what they're doing and they hunker down again. And that's when Andy comes along yeah. and reignites their, their guerrilla warfare. Well, see, that would make sense. But I think what they were trying to do is it's just, this is just a bad, we're badass Americans kind of things. And like, and they, like nothing you play was football and win you can take on a Russian army. <laughs> right. And it was just kind of like, so it was like, it, it wasn't real for them at the time because nobody's dying. They're having a good time killing people. And then when, when they finally do lose somebody, that's when shit gets real for them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so uh, Andy explains to them what happened. Like how did the whole world war three, they, they get them back to camp. They're serving them up a nice bowl of deer blood soup. Right, and he's like, I can feel the spirit flowing through of me. Of course, and he can. He's like, he's, I then, saw ghost antlers over his right. head, <laughs> and we learned that like Europe, as usual, they're pussies. They're like, we're we're sitting this one out, you know. But England, England stood by us, but they're they're about to fall. Well, yeah, they don't they don't have enough Heinz beans for their morning breakfast. This I didn't get. Okay, according to this movie. China is on our side. Why would that be? They're communists. Why would they? 
why would Russia attack China? Because they obviously nuke them because he's like, oh, they're a billion Chinese. And he's like, uh, more like 600 million now. We pay a lot of money to China, probably. Like, we probably give I them a lot. I think it was just like in the, the Wikipedia page or something mentioned that like around this time, Reagan had been making some trade overtures to China. There we go. And, and I imagine, I mean, I am no economics and import expert just capitalism uh, specialist 101 here. but i i'm guessing that this is around the time when our trade with china was beginning to open up and uh, you know that they started manufacturing more goods and we started having agreements so you know their their communism began to defrost a little bit in the east i i don't know i i'm guessing that's the case uh, still, I, I don't know what the state of Chinese-Russian relations was. Well, someone, also, I, I think I also saw that this actually doesn't take place in 84. It's supposed to take place in like 89. So there must oh. have been some forward speculation as to the state of, uh, you know, international affairs at the time. Maybe there was like a Russo-Chinese split um, ideologically and yeah. Yeah, Who cares? Ultimately, you had to. They had to have. Basically, I think it's all there just so someone can say, like, "Oh yeah, except for six hundred screaming Chinamen." Well, I thought there was a billion China. Not anymore. You know, like, it's it's only exists because some powers booth had to be able to drop that line in his Texas accent. <laughs> and we learned that there was a little bit of nuclear warfare going on, but they shut that down. Were they, were they? Was it like they were doing like surgical strikes with nuclear bombs on our silos or something like that? I don't. Yeah, remember. I think they said that they took out some of our silos and then they took out a couple of our cities. But then once the war basically just became this uh, stalemate on American soil, neither side wanted to start dropping nukes because, like, why just irradiate the territory you're trying to overtake? Right. So it just becomes this conventional stalemate war. Because, I mean, it, ultimately, I think the idea is that Russia is after our breadbasket. They're after our farmland and our resources. Well, if you glass it all with atomic warfare, you, what the fuck good is it? So Right. So now the kids, they, they kind of know what they're fighting for now. They're fighting for freedom. <laughs> Next morning, <laughs> more freedom times two or something. That's all we fight for. Fake freedom here. Hopefully. Ten minutes ago, as I talked about, all Americans fight for is freedom, and that's it. All right, Levi's jeans at affordable prices. So the next day, they uh, go out with Andy on a little skirmish. They take out like a, a convoy. And and Andy's pretty impressed. He's like, you kids got some spunk. I like you. you did you play football in high school? Well, he's he like, notices his throwing arm. And well, he's just like, is only a high school player could be that great at warfare. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I threw, I threw the big skin. Probably received hand job like a champion. But and they're they're all like, because they're like, they're, <laughs> they're kids. They're just pleased. He's punching an adult. Is like respecting them. But he he shuts it down. He's like, because they're like they're they're eating more of that fucking deer blood soup. He's like, it's people in Denver that would kill for some fucking deer deer blood, blood soup. soup. Yeah. And then he goes over. Robert is like checking. He's got he's doing the hash marks on his the stock of his gun, like how yeah. the people he's killed. He's got like fucking twenty three up. And uh, uh, Andy's like, "Son, you better chill out, son." He's like, "That fire will burn you up." 
And he's like, the only thing that keeps me warm. <laughs> this like is Rob the- is full. He's dressing like fucking in the he's on the set of the Rock the Casbah video. He's got the fucking beret and the mask on now. He is full blown lost his fucking mind. Oh, I thought he was going full tear hunter. He had yeah. he had like the the eye that's blocker he, on. That's he how he puts like himself line. to sleep. He just plays Russian roulette for a couple of hits and then he just falls right to sleep. Yeah, just a panic. Yeah. So Rob's losing his shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's, it, thank God there's no more schools because he would have done a school shooting. That's all I'm saying about Rob. <laughs> Next day up. Next day. <laughs> Good thing they're not going to class. They're going to another armored convoy. Next month. It's December. Oh, it's December? We're jump- Wait. There, no, this is where we finally get Andy. He's like, you kids are great and all, but. Do you know anything about tactics at all? So he's actually t- they're like planning something. Like, go on this flank. Oh, sir, what's a flank? That's a stake, isn't it? And he's just like, oh, he just hits his forehead. These kids today, they're with their abbreviations and their mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges movies. I'm also and- going to point out here that uh, this is where uh, Erica and Andy have this weird, oh, geez, dysfunctional problematically Very. age in equal kind of romance budding which i i think the idea behind erica's character is that she was sexually assaulted by the russians you know he makes the the, the grandfather makes some comment about them having their way with him so i think the the, the movie very clumsily tried to paint her as kind of not right in the head either because of everything that's gone on or that specifically or whatever but that's sort of like one of the reasons why she reacts so strongly to matt kind of the the dishes and all that early on but yeah she's sort of like bringing indy flowers and they kind of got this weird little romantic but not sexual kind of grab ass going on here and i guess in the original script that blossoms more into like an actual sexual thing but the the test audiences were like no that's just Man. too creepy for a movie that's Whew. not about well, this good Which on I'm you glad they did. Like, all i look all i know is if you know anything about me i love me a girl with some big crazy 80s hair and Leah Thompson's hair was on point. So I understand what yeah. Andy... I, I wouldn't... I'm not saying he can do it. I'm not saying he can do it. Yes. I understand. And I, I read it more as she had a schoolgirl crush on him, and he was kind of humoring her. That was kind of my yeah. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Which is, I think, how they decided to go with it, where it's... Yeah, it's... She's got a crush on him because he's different. He's older. And he... Yeah, you're right. Humors it. And I'm glad that's as far as it went because if it went any further that would just yeah it would make things awkward and just kind of derail the plot and and uh, yeah it still no. left a bad taste in my mouth because of the one line when he's asking later it's a little later on when she's asking about his wife and he's like you really want to know about her she's 80 old like oh. me and then he's yeah. like yeah she's uh uh oh what was it it was an f-word frenzy uh uh feisty fren- feisty just like you and then he licked his lips and then he got a little napkin and threw it over her handkerchief and threw it over his neck and that was the that was the only part i was like oh wow 
they they did a good job of like cutting the cutting her off at the knees of her schoolgirl crush, but then he throws in that feisty line. I was like, uh, uh a little hard to get. So now he's they, they got a real plan now. They're gonna attack some jets. So that night they head to uh, where these jets are. I, I thought it was actually the the drive-in because there's like prisoners there too. I don't know what. Was, yeah, that's what I thought too. I was so confused by this scene because there's planes and there's the there's the fence thing thing we saw with the drive-in. I love it. So we do this whole scene where he's like setting up this plan, and the, and then when we see it, it's just they drive through a fucking fence and start opening fire. There's no plan happening here. It's like something at the end of an a- episode of the A Team, where you just like, oh my god, show up with like a snowplow or something and yes. blow everything up. Hundred percent. The only thing that was missing from this movie, I definitely thought A Team nine times. The only thing that was missing is them assembling the van to drive through the fence, welding shit. Exactly. And they drop a couple grenades into a jet, blow the jet up. They rescue some people, and a mission accomplished. They did it. Again, the Rebels just winning out. This is pretty much the best version of Star Wars I've ever seen. <laughs> Next day, Bella is just like freaking out. He's like, what are we going to fucking do? They got another line of fucking innocent townsfolk. This town had a lot of people in it. Yeah, well, like way bigger than I thought it would have in these times. But they've got enough for multiple, multiple, multiple firing squads. So they're gonna they're lining them up to blow them all down. Right, he's taking out his frustrations on the the quelled populace instead of the the real target, which are these kids. And so, after you've just killed a bunch of people, you need to chill out, a little they're kids, little flag football. They're just kids. So they're playing a little football, and this is where we get the scene you mentioned earlier, where Erica's like asking about Andy's wife and shit, and like it's just we're just having fun. I- it's one of these scenes, they do a good job. You know, we on this podcast complain often about movies not being 90 minutes. This movie is an hour and 50. The remake of this movie is an hour and 30. And yet this is the better movie. They've really set the tone so well in this movie. So we get to see them being kids again. And then we cut to and they're just at this cabin. They're again. at Mason's, Mason's place again. Yeah. Christmas time. And he's he's telling he's updating them on what's going on. There's some resistance now. They're coming. The Green Berets might they they've heard about you guys, the Wolverines. Of course. And they're gonna come help you. You're gonna get some special forces. They've seen your tags. And <laughs> your tags. And you know, they're just like, like Andy's like, fuck yeah, maybe this fucking war will end now, you know. We'll get some fucking help. January. Scoping out another target. And this is where they see some American fighter planes flying in, dropping There's, bombs. There is some doubt, though. Yeah, they well, yeah, they don't know it. And I, there is a nice moment where Andy's like, yeah, damn ours. Because he saw the We the People, you know. <laughs> right, they had the little banner floating in the back. Yeah. A little overkill. But, yeah, you know, it was. You know, you gotta... We won't name names here. Right. And Andy's like, well, kids, you're done. We're back in charge, man. We don't need you anymore. You can retire. You can go back to getting hand jobs under bleachers. That's all you wanted, right? Yeah. Time to be a kid again. And so this is where things start getting grim for our boys. I, it was looking like everything. This is a perfect crescendo here because it, it's looking like everything's going their way. And then suddenly it's just like, oh, shit, where that, it, they've got that 
that secret helicopter technology we were talking about in the uh, face-off where it's just like suddenly a helicopter is right in front of them. They disabled silencer mode. The tanks do that in this hey, movie. I've seen Blue Thunder. You can have silencer mode on it. Yeah, on the tanks chopper. do it in this movie. Because right. now there's just tanks like surrounding. Somehow them. the our, our heroes got winter gear because they got like the white outfits. I guess they stole it off bodies of Russians. Yeah. Yeah, and then a tank rolls up. They're like hiding behind a hill, and a tank just rolls up. The tank doesn't see them, and they don't hear the tank. Yeah, hey, what's up? Tank here. Say to murder you. And they start. It starts firing at the jets and shit. So like, well, we can't let that happen. So this is where we lose. Of course, we lose the brown kid. The first kid we lose is the brown kid. <laughs> wait, wait, Jack. What is the appropriate approach for a tank? Because I like in my first person shooter experience. You prime one grenade and throw it at that tank, and you probably die jumping onto the grenade. So, uh, <laughs> what what what's the proper technique for taking over a tank? I mean, I think what really kind of happens is that. See, I'm watching it right now. I think the problem is it just Aardvark freaks out because the tank is firing right over them, but it's shooting at another tank, like an American mm-hmm. tank, that's trying to fire back. So they realize that they're kind of pinned here and they can't go anywhere because if they do they're going to get spotted and they're probably going to get killed and there's like other Russian tanks so so they're, they're just stuck and I think that's when Andy is like uh, we kind of need to do something like we got to take this tank out and well, is it like Aardvark freaking out because they're yeah. right under the tank so wouldn't yeah. that be deafening hearing those shots oh I'm sure through? like that's the thing okay. is that you just I can understand his freaking out because that gun is going off like six feet over their head. It would just be an astonishing amount of noise. Mm. And then, you know, the other tank is firing back. So shells are landing all around them. Like it, it's no doubt. There's no reason why. And then Andy just like runs up, starts emptying his pistol into like the driver's hatch. He's the one who decides to go for it. Ah, oh, and then poor Aardvark tries to emulate him, and you know he gets machine gun. I think it's oh yeah, it's the other tank gets him. I'm watching it right now. Other tank <laughs> kills poor Aardvark, and he gets yeah. draped over the barrel. <laughs> that tank is poor Aardvark. Sad display of his death there, and I'll oh, never God. get to do that plot point we remember from him <laughs> earlier in the movie. All that development we worked on so hard. Yeah, the development yeah. of just naming him Aardvark and making Aardvark. him the brown shit. <laughs> I don't think he's ever referred to as Aardvark except this scene. I don't think he's even named in this movie. I didn't know there was a kid in their group called Aardvark until this moment. <laughs> like, I think this is the first time Aardvark shows up in my notes. So uh, not only does Aardvark get killed, Andy gets killed too. Yeah. The two best. I can't even remember. You're watching the movie right now. Does the tank get taken out? I don't even remember what happens there. So what happens is that he's he's trying to to take out the people in the tank. And then someone in the tank rolls a grenade up over the turret to kill. And that wounds Andy mortally. And then Andy drops a smoke grenade yeah. onto the, either into the tank or onto the tank, like a marking grenade. Yep. Okay. So the, the grenade's designed buys. to give colored smoke so it can draw attention to artillery or whatever the fuck. And he's like, shoot straight for once, you, you pukes or something. And then he 
dies with himself draped over the tank and Erica freaks out. And then you see the, the American tanks on the other side of the valley blasting the tank as he's draped over it. I mean, it's a pretty sad scene, but it's just, it's depressing that Powers Booth is only in this for like a pretty short amount of time. Like I haven't measured it, but I'd be shocked if it was more than 20 minutes. And I just feel like he was not used as well. And they probably cut a whole bunch of material from his character. Yeah. He should have gone full Craig T. Nelson and coached, but uh, he didn't get his chance Well, you, to. you know who agrees with you? Eric. You need to hold that thought for one more second. I got a quick question for Jack. Okay. Again, we're going back to Rambo territory here. All right. Yeah. And we were talking about artillery. And mm-hmm. right now, what we need to talk about is mortars on a person running across a rice paddy. Is that an effective tool to use to stop one human being running across a rice paddy? <laughs> I can't imagine it is because they're going to go off in the water. Yeah, because like you're need... either going to detonate on the water. Well, again, I, I I don't know what happens when you drop a mortar round onto like water. It it, it probably all depends on how you set that fuse whether it's like a light delay or a no delay or whatever but if it's going off in the water like how's that gonna really hurt anybody because it's gonna, it's gonna stop make them all that cooler. fucking shrapnel and everything yeah look all, all right. it comes down to is rambo just can't be killed by conventional means okay i mean this makes sense guy shot him square <laughs> in the face and he didn't he even accept it he just he said just no. catches the bullet in his teeth and then chews it up and spits it back out as other bullets that's definitely what i saw in hot shots i think that's a hot shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> please murray get us back on track. erica heartbroken she'll never love again yeah. no oh, of course won't. Back in town now, there's they called in the fucking real shit. Now Bella's not getting it done. So who do you call? You call William fucking Smith in. She's such a badass. They have a parade for him as he walks in. We town. need to give William Smith a little bit of acknowledgement. We've been calling him Normad at points during the yeah. movie. He harkens back to one of the Golden Globe's favorites. Get heaven. Road yeah. to Revenge. Right. He was the villain in that movie who, just like in uh, American Meritocracy, he went from being a corrupt cop to a corrupt judge. To being a satanic cult leader. <laughs> well, the natural progression, no, by no, the way. No, he dabbled in that. <laughs> that I, don't, was, I wouldn't say dabbled. That, that, I think that was his true love. No, that okay, you're right. Satanic. But still, it's like he couldn't pay the bills with that. So well, that yeah, was his can. social media side hustle was being a satanic Also cult a drug leader. dealer. Also a drug Oh so, you got to watch get even he's the original watch it. or he's the second coming of superfly right he had his hands on a lot of pies so he's in town and he's giving uh he's, he's got he's got all the charts he's got pictures of wolverines he's got everything <laughs> he literally did he had pictures of wolverines yeah it was good and i gotta give it up to william smith does he speak fucking russian because he did this long ass scene in russian i mean That's- according to imdb he actually speaks russian I believe oh, like he needed no coaching. Oh shit! Which kind of blows my fucking mind. That absolutely blows my mind. And you're talking about Powers Booth being wasted. He was wasted in this movie. He needed more screen time. Yeah, because he lays it out. He's just like total annihilation. First of all, he's like, "Why are we killing like citizens that we're, we've we've got cowed that are doing whatever we say? That's going to end. No more firing squads. Right? We're killing. We're going to become the fox. We're going to." find these fucking kids and we're gonna fucking kill them 
beat your enemy, you become your enemy. I love it. Normad. Standing squint- on. He, he, uh, Murray, we have to point out one thing because we're talking Normad. He's squinting very hard. He's not wearing any shades in this movie. Right. No, he is wearing shades at the parade. At the parade. But when yeah. he's indoors, he's not yeah. wearing shades. You got to see his eyes when he talks. Yeah. Even, even in Katevin when he was indoors, Normad wears shades. So. so now we get a scene where we see a bunch of uh, uh, Russian soldiers in winter gear. And they got like this. I thought it was like a fucking Geiger counter when they fucking had it at first. Yeah. And it's like, but a it's a it's the thing from fucking alien where they can detect the aliens and they're looking for some we're like okay they're looking for somebody what's going on here and they and then but of course they fall right into another trap by the wolverines they're always two steps ahead it's right. amazing these kids are fantastic again pulled themselves up at their own boots they're like they're bugs bunny one stressed and dragged to lure the guys in. all the people in my generation complaining about there's no more houses to buy it's all just for rent no you just wolverine it wolverine those wolverine <laughs> boots which has been an issue because we were poisoning people you just gotta squat you just gotta become squatters that's it Squatters oh yeah rights. well no that's Find what i'm doing abandoned house get your mail delivered there and it's yours now you're explaining my life currently <laughs> i am a squatter are you squatting with my, with my own mail address own and everything yeah i'm i'm a squatter technically excellent excellent i approve of this okay excellent seize the means of production grip <laughs> that's right i give out free plants to the neighborhood i'm i'm good here yeah. So they wipe out another Russian uh, troop, except one guy to take prisoner. Well, of course you take one because they got stormed and they're and they're. It was like right next to their camp, so I take this guy prisoner. And they're like they're looking at that device, like what the fuck is this, man? Is this radiation? What is this? And they're talking. The guy's just giving his name, rank, and serial number. He ain't. He's like, "Fuck you, Americanskis." Because we know we've been we've been hearing all of our very conservative Americans tell us how they're trying to print us not just with birth certificates, but or not social security numbers, but serial numbers too. And they're gonna tattoo us all. So yeah, the Mark Russians, the beast, my friend. Mark the Russians the actually have serial numbers. That's what Murray was alluding to there. And so he's not talking. They're like, they're like, wait. wait this is beeping. What? And then they and they go. What's it going to? And then it goes up to Daryl. Daryl. And they're like, "What's going on?" And then we realize he, he he immediately bitches out. He's like, "Look, I went into town. I wanted one of those Hershey squares, and I got <laughs> caught." God, he would sell out for a Hershey square. And they said they were just going to put a tracker up my ass, and we were they were going to they were going to captures they weren't going to do anything bad does you know i'm actually helping you guys they wanted to make sure they knew the areas not to bomb that's all they were trying to do and so they take them out they're like they're like we're gonna have to execute you man this is war yeah so the russian the russians like not helping daryl at all because he's like hey comrade you know stand with me he's like i ain't your comrade and they just then jed's like just fucking unloads on the Russian. No, yeah, okay, yeah. Jed kills the Russian, and yeah. then he's just like, "I, I can't, Daryl, that those beautiful blue eyes. I can't kill this kid, right?" And like Robert's like, well, "I can," and just walks off and just fucking. He's like, he's like Robert, don't kill me, man. They built this up beautifully. This hit, this hit hard. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, Robert." It's, it's, it's a brutal scene. I mean, it's. 
that's when you begin to realize, holy shit, like they're they're falling apart. Like that's how I kind of feel. It's like Andy dies, Aardvark's dead, then they've got to kill fucking Daryl on their own for being a traitor. So the group is really fraying at the edges here. Like I kind of get the feeling that they realize that they don't have a lot of time left. Beautiful. Beautiful. Psychologically, materialistically, you know, body count wise, you know, they're, they're on the way out. And I think that's when they kind of plan their last hurrah. Right. They're, I mean, they're children playing a man's game. And right. So, well, this is yeah. This is very kind of mature for Melius because it's kind of like the real, the the, the, the shit that uh, uh, it takes on your body and your mind. Like doing warfare, it's not all fun like it was in the beginning of the movie. Right. You know? It's like the wear and tear. And so he, I, I'm sure Melius had this moment many of times where Jed now has to take a photo of him and his brother off to the distant like hills, and he's got to be by himself. And the in the wheat field, American iconof, uh, iconograph, you know, just those hills. He's just staring at that photo in a nice vinyl uh, chair, just singeing his skin on it. Well, the whole thing is because Jed's the one that has to be strong for everybody. Yes, because he's the leader. Yes, and, and now he gets, he's finally breaking down. He gets. His like, he's the guy who told, "Don't ever cry again." Right. And he's, oh, crying. he's crying. He's crying. He gets his moment in the sun. Right. Like there's been no sun recently and now there's suddenly sun and he's crying in it. So this is beautiful. I got to say, Milius, for being a weird right wing weirdo, he's killing it with the uh, symbolism. So now, like like uh, Jack said, they're running out of everything. They have no food. No olives. No olives. Rice Krispie <laughs> trees. No. Nope. Long gone. Excuse me? Probably running low on ammunition. Oh, Jesus you know, Christ. So they're desperate, and they're watching this convoy out on the road. They're hiding in the mountains. They see this convoy, and they're ready. At first, they're going to just fucking rocket launch this thing. Yeah. And as it goes by, this is very suspicious. I guess how desperate these kids are getting because it's the most suspicious looking. 100%. <laughs> Literally, a box falls off at the end of the back of a truck. Yeah. And they let the convoy go. But we got to remember, they've been dealing with months of KGB carelessness. That's how they, they've been getting all their wins. And they realize that. So they just think this is just one more KGB being idiots. So they run out and they see there's more Rice Krispies. We've got, we've got some Hot Pockets. We That's what should have tipped them off. The fact that it was olives, <laughs> Rice Krispie treats. How everything. Yeah, exactly. Everything they talk about. And right. deer blood. And a few peaches. <laughs> of course, peaches, Murray. They could, they could eat a peach all day. All day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somebody listened to our face-off episode. <laughs> so, yeah, and like Jennifer Grace, my, she's just in that fucking peach. She's just... He's like, come on, guys. And so they're all celebrating. They're finally eating some food. They're finally getting rid of that scurvy. They're getting their vitamin C with the fruits. And mm. they're just enjoying themselves. They're sitting on some rocks, getting a little sunshine. Yeah. A little playfulness from Tony. She drips some of that peach juice on Jed's head. Very playful. This is good. Yep. <laughs> teens being teens. Right. Until all of a sudden, like you said, the, 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 is it, was this an Apache? What, what kind of helicopter is this, Jack? Is it an Apache? What is this? So I, I went digging, and it's like a big-ass yeah, helicopter like flies, transportation so helicopter that they modified to look like a like a Russian Hind 
Oh, okay. that makes sense. So it's, um, I think I saw something like they use the same sort of build for like the Rocky or not Rocky, uh, Rambo two and three to uh-huh. make the, the Russian. Yeah. We were confused about that one too. Murray was <laughs> like, this is a Frankenstein helicopter. <laughs> That's yeah. my Murray. Voice. I mean, it looks good. It looks well, that's like, the thing. like a it's, Russian attack helicopter. So I, I, I have to give total props to the people who did like the prop work in this. Like the tanks look good. The armored vehicles all look good. Like it, it doesn't look like your usual janky kind of like early 80s attempts at making, you know, Russian hardware. Like yeah. everything looks very high quality. Like I'm watching that helicopter do its attack run right now the thing looks fucking terrifying yeah it's just dripping with rockets and machine guns mm, and cannons right. and mm. missiles and Ooh. you're just like holy fucking shit and then a couple more of them come over the ridge lines and you're just watching this and you're like oh they're fucked they're just gonna get annihilated and they got the scale so right too like they didn't bombard us with like huge like 5,000 tanks and everything. They just had like a small force. So you had some tanks here, some tanks there. And so it's like when you get these little, like two, three, like they started with one helicopter and then they moved it up to two for this scene. And it's perfect because it's like, we barely got away from one. Now there's two. Fuck. We're fucked. So th- yeah. This is so good. The scale is so good. Whereas modern movies, because of CGI, we're just like, no, 4,000 now. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Just because you can fill the screen with a bunch of shit doesn't mean you exactly. should fill the screen. You should, you should still. Make... Where you, I guess like the new Star Wars movies. Where am I supposed to be looking oh, at? Boy. Because oh, there's boy. so much shit happening on the screen. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't need a thousand star destroyers to make something epic. Like this is four people on horseback and a couple of attack helicopters, and it's still terrifying and visceral and engaging mm-hmm. and you're just like holy shit how how are they going to survive this yes yeah, it, it doesn't take a lot if you do it right to make it good we got to remember that we remember a stupid fucking scene from the the bar scene in star wars where who shot first it's building up to little scenes like that with tension that yep. last in people's brains not there's so many ships coming overhead, just flood their brains with bullshit. That's Steve Bannon's territory. We don't flood it with bullshit. We tell good stories. That's right. So these choppers, they apparently have silent mode too, because they sneak up on our heroes mm-hmm. and they blast Tony. She, I, I gotta imagine you would know better than me, Jack. Like the kind of like guns that are on a helicopter, you would just be a stain if you got shot by these. Yeah, I have to admit, when she gets hit, like <laughs> her it, body, it would have. Well, I mean, you've seen Rambo Four when he opens up with that fifty yeah, caliber, and I the love people it. just explode. Right. Okay. I mean, as as grotesque and awful and violent as that is to watch, like if you actually step back for a moment and you're like, this is human beings being violently ripped to pieces by gunfire i loved it that's the, the best I, I rem- movies of the past well, 20 years <laughs> and i remember watching uh actual combat veterans talk about that and they're like yes that's actually what that firepower does to human beings huh. so she gets hit and it's just this sort of like eh, and there's like a little puff of she even die. Out, of her, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of her jacket and i'm like <laughs> 
it would have ripped her body in half. She it's... just would have been blown apart all over her friends, and it would have been awful. <laughs> oh. um, AW uh, but you know what? Like you have to, you have to give her what is one of the most badass, you know, death scenes ever, where she's just like, just, just give me the fucking grenade, just like give me. Give that me was... one last thing to kill one last fucking right. Was it, was it Jed? Die, why not? Yeah. Was it Jed? Okay. Because yeah. she's begging Jed, fucking end it now. And he's like, I can't do it. Yeah. I may have been he a good out. He won't shoot her. I can't stop thinking about you giving me a hand job under the bleachers. Give me a fucking grenade then. God, you're a loser. Okay, that's I mean, how that's, I ran into the scene. So you could kill someone. You could, kill, well, you could kill me easily. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you're like, if your brother had been shot and he's like, gotta kill me, you'd just be no problem. You wouldn't have any issue. I mean, wait, what was the question here? Could you kill your brother <laughs> like that? If your brother was like riddled with bullets, well, be, yeah, no problem, no problem, Murdy. You don't understand this because you only have sisters and they're horrible to you. Me and my brother are very close. Only we, one is horrible to we me. We golf. Well, the other one doesn't talk to you. That's even another yeah. form of horribleness. Uh, me and my brother talk, and so we read through each other's eyes. There's a lot of your brother. You read your brother's eyes. I know. I saw the kick kickboxer movie. Exactly. I know that song. So we would like even in that moment of understand uh, like ununderstanding there would be some kind of understanding and our understandableness would per- persevere. And I'd be like, you got it, bro. And I'd either pop a cap in his ass and I would refer to Gunsmoke, a favorite NES game of ours, or, you know, something else that would connect us in the afterlife. Okay. So, so you deprive him out. of a badass grenade death is what Jed gives her. Well, yeah. Uh, She's like, give me that fucking grenade. And he's and he pulled. He's like he had to pull the plan forward. That's how weak she is. He he didn't even pull the pin. Yeah. And she's holding. It. She's like, I'm gonna kill one of these fucking Ruski motherfuckers. He's like, and those Ruski motherfuckers are coming right down the mountain. Right. And of course, all of our crew has run and hit at this point, just behind a hill well, to just, see we this. We just left out a big thing. What we, big thing? Rob's death scene. Oh, Rob died. Yeah. Where Rob is like, roll the fucking race. He's just, oh, like, yeah. he's just like firing he at him. He's, he's gone completely unhinged because he's just yeah. like emptying his AK from the hip at this helicopter. And he's yeah, screaming at the top of his lungs. So it's like, eh, unfortunately for him. Very appropriate, though. I loved it for him. This was a very fictitious kill for me. I loved it. Our so, you loved it so much you didn't even remember it until we just brought it up. You're like, oh, yeah, Rob dies? Murray, we get caught up in so many different sidetracks it's like you know trying to go back is hard so the choppers land fucking william smith gets out that's how you do it motherfuckers that's how you take care of some insurgents oh that's too many beers and then they're like hey i think i found a a, a woman here and then boom you just hear an explosion and he's, <laughs> william smith is like ah these fucking soldiers oh man so you know he's but he's like he, he's a little respect for these guys all right, the final battle. Like like Jack said, this is like suicide mission. Matt and fucking Jed are they're ready to die. They can't go on anymore. Yeah, the I toll- mean, he carves he carves his brothers in his name on the rock where they carved the names of all the other. People. Oh, I didn't even yeah. I didn't even pick that up. I knew he put yeah, Tony's. They're name. they're not coming back. He's just okay. like, nope, we're gonna fucking die. We're gonna kill as many of these stinking commie bastards as we can. I mean, it. it makes it makes sense with the speech they're about to give and everything, or at least the battle plans and all that. Yeah, because Maddie's like, 
All right, we're doing this shit. Erica, Danny, Bale. We're doing this for you. You somebody's got to get away and tell the story and inspire people. Wait, Danny, radiator piss, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's how useless he is. He just he's the only, only time he, Danny's useful is when you get need pee for some reason. So the next time someone tell you meritocracy wins, remember Danny pissing in the radiator. Because no, it's not about them. It's just about the people who the real winners stand up for. Once again. The mission is just attack shit. There's no plan. It's just attack. And they learn nothing from the colonel. This is the blurriest shit yet because we're used to them tar- targeting small targets where you can clearly see everything in one shot. This is the biggest shot yet, and they don't have Andy there because that you know, is the next biggest target that they you know hit up. So while they're planning this, we co- we we go inside the room to Bella, and he's. He's had it. He, much like Jed. It's like he's like the mirror of Jed, where he's had it too. Yeah. And but he's just gonna resign. He's gonna turn in his gun and badge. Yeah, first thing I thought he was writing a letter to Golden Globus Theater because he's whispering into an envelope. No. And I was like, there's no one there's no other recipient of that. He's envelope writing but to us. a second love, his wife. Yeah. And writing. Like, and he's like, Mia Moore, I I'm out of here. It's too fucking cold here. I I wish I was with you. When I left the streets of New York and the pimping lifestyle, I thought I was done. And then I ended up being like some kind of revolutionary character in Cuba. But I'm done with that too. I just want just want an easy life. I want right. to play cro- I want to play okay. He's got he's ready to turn it into Comrade Boogaloo and go here, here's my here's my gun and badge. I'm done. Two and weeks. It, and no. then and then he hears the the, the fucking gunfire. And he hears the explosions, and like Maddie and uh, uh, Jed, they're just throwing grenades all everywhere, blowing shit up. It's working, you know. They they fucking oh. kill fucking uh, Mister Boogaloo. He's coming out of a porta john, and then they just shoot him. Oh, out of a porta john? Yeah. Oh wow! Worst just way to die. Like Tyrion and <laughs> Lannister. Wait, which Lannister? The dad. I don't remember. Dad Lannister. Daddy Lan. And so. Fucking William Smith, what's going on out here? I gotta kick some ass. Who what? <laughs> How am what I, I kind of love is that it they cause so much confusion that you hear them running around and then you just you're hearing all this gunfire in the background. So what's clearly happening is the everyone's so spooked that they're all just shooting each other. And really, the brothers should have just been like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And the Russians kill each other for the next hour because they're all running around in Russian camo carrying russian weapons like yeah if they've been smart about it just let the ruskies kill each other for a while and you know make your escape but no yeah that would this is it for them that is dead on you would ruin the the poetic fucking Boyak writing on the stone he's got it here once you commit to i'm dead you gotta commit you gotta commit yeah so William Smith comes out. I'm gonna take care of this shit, and he's. I think he like shoots Maddie right because there's a there's a train going too. The train is not gonna stop no matter yeah. what. The train just keeps moving. So we get the old scene where we got our good guys on one side of the train and we got William Smith on the other, and he's waiting for it to pass by. And then he it finally passes by, and they like the move we ever, we always see in thrillers where a car, a bus drives by, and then the person disappears behind it. Oh yeah, ninjas. And they shit. do that, and Rucker Howers. So John Claude Van Damme's. He stalks over there, and then 
there's like a standoff between him and Jed, and they just shoot each other. Yeah. It is so very stupid because Jed gets the drop on him. He does. Yeah. And then he like cocks his gun and says some, some stupid line like game over, you lose. Or, he should have said Jaspadania, motherfucker. That would have been badass. Him be done. Bet he gave him time to turn around and kill you. Oh, don't bet on red is what he should have said. Okay, but still, <laughs> black and red, they're two sides of the same coin in gambling. So, okay, I anyways. know, but this is communism we're talking about. This, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It works got, at two levels. And bro. it's American, so you got to say, don't bet on red. So they remember that red and He could have said better dead than red. That's what look, he should have said when look, he died. Four, uh, 420 is the weed number. 69 is the sex number. Red is the communism color. So you're right. You you just you spoon feed it because Americans are idiots. So we get like a Tarantino ending where they shoot each other, but somehow because Jed's American, he can still get off after that. His own bootstraps. You saw those knots. I saw those knots. They were perfect. He grabs Maddie, holds him away. As he's going by, Bella walks out. Like, what the fuck's going on here? With a gun. With a gun. And then he's just like, he sees that they're they're already dead. So he's like. Why and the brotherhood? In the wound. He sees the brother's eyes. My right. brother's eyes. Yeah. He's like, I can't shoot those brother's eyes. Well, no, I mean, there's like a mutual respect. He's like, he is, yeah. Because like I've, I used to be on their side. Yeah, I, I get it, and I know they're gonna die because they're fucking riddled with bullets. Right. So why <laughs> give them their moment? Right. You know, and they get their moment. They stop on a park bench. Maddie's already dead, I think, at this time. Yeah, they're pretty. Much He's dead. just dragging around his like flopping corpse. Yeah. He's gone. This, this is kind of an like out of this movie. This is an impressive fucking scene. It's really impressive. Well, it's back to the swings, like the dad was talking about. When, boys, oh. when you're so little, I push on the swings. Holy I remember, shit. Papa. I remember all of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just need more Jack trying to do like a Papa voice there. I need more of that in my life. Catch me. So we're gonna do some kind of sitcom where there's a Papa figure, and Jack will just do all those I'll lines. I love just it. Yeah. But the sacrifice was not for vain, guys, because Erica and Danny do make it to FA. That's free America for you people that pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> they apparently walked the 48 miles. I don't know why, why they needed to do this at all. The attack. I don't know. But they get away. And then we get a little thing at the end. Because I I love me a bleak ending. I don't know. I'm a cynical person. So I would have loved it ending on that. Like, no, we're fucked. We didn't beat the Russians. They right. took over. No, we got to have a little happy ending. Yeah. And we learned that thanks to the inspiration of the Wolverines, we fought back and we finally got our country back. And we got a nice little monument to the kids who died, except for Aardvark. Fuck and, him. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Not the right color. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just like, they'll never, you know, I was like, we'll never forget the, the sacrifices the Wolverines made. God bless America. Yada, yada, yada. GBA. That's it. Wow. So there you have it. That's how you survive a Russian invasion. And Google's telling us we have to wrap up in the next six minutes or we have to start another call. Well, we're going to wrap up in the next six minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Jack, it's so fun having you on again. Wow. This was, this was a, a lifetime achievement for me here to wax poetic about one of my Red- most formative films. Well, 
that's even better because there's a second Red Dawn. Well, there's a remake. Not, not like, I'm yeah. It, so you get to do it all over again with us <laughs> well, in the future. Yeah, well, yeah I can tell. No, Pete. we got to do it now. Well, no, we're not doing it now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we'll do it. We're not doing it now, now. Yeah, no, I meant now. Of course we're going to do it because I got to point out, hey, that's where I got my hand job under the bleacher right there, you know, and all you the Pontiac moment, fucking sights up there. This is where I used to drain the J shots. This right, is where I got yeah. my HJs. Yeah, I've never course. actually seen – I've seen bits of it. I've never watched the Red Dawn remake all the way through. I watched it once, and it was just so fucking forgettable. It really is not – I, mean, yeah, I, believe I, I think if we want to do it for completeness sake, I'm I'm totally on board, but it's just it's not going to be a three hour spectacle like this. That's <laughs> no, for sure. There's no. not going to be a lot to talk about. It's going to no. be us waxing poetic over which bleachers get hand jobs under. Right. Um, you know, Jack, we expect you to come up with your HJ stories too. Like, we'll need that because that episode is going to be 20 minutes HJs, long. Also, HJs. also, wet dreams. Yeah, and also have your wet dream story ready. That's going to be a Golden Globus after dark episode, yeah, apparently. Yeah, definitely. No, no children involved with yeah, that. One. Yeah, no, no children involved. But yes, let's wrap this up. Thanks, Jack. It's always a pleasure having you on. Oh. Once again, it, it was nothing but fun with you guys. Thank so you. happy we could do this. Excellent. You thought, but you thought that. And by the way, we stand with Ukraine. All kidding aside, I hope Putin, I, Ukraine, Ukraine. I hope Putin has a fucking aneurysm and is a, a drooling cripple. And fuck yeah. him. People are dying, losing their homes because some guys having a pissing contest yep. with the Western world, and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. But what isn't bullshit is next week is our. Fucking two hundredth episode. Two oh oh. I thought we'd be done by two oh. I, I can't believe I can't believe we've done it this far. I really think, don't. I'm think about know. how many years it's taken us to get here. Yeah, over four. No, almost four. Almost four. Yeah. Well, you got to conclude tippy taps. That well, yeah. Then we're way well, we're way past two hundred to include tippy taps, so we don't include it. Anyways. But this, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking tell you guys what we're doing. You're going to have to tune in for the 200th episode. All I'm saying is it's a huge canon movie. Yeah, we're doing a canon movie. Shocker. We've been holding on to it for a while because it's that big. It has a huge canon star in it. Apparently, I follow this Instagram feed that's only for this movie. I didn't even know Uh, I followed it. Also, I can't wait. I can't wait. We might have... I'm not. I'm not going to call it till we got it in the can. We might have a brand new big guest for this episode, but we haven't locked it down yet. But I'm very optimistic that it will work out, and we're going to have a great fucking episode. It just might be Griff debuting a new voice. I hope that's not it. <laughs> I want people to listen. Look, my Rambo numbers are off the charts. Yeah. Okay. So we'll tune in next week for the 200th celebration of Golden Globus Theater, and keep it warm. Thank <sighs> you.